welcome to the GCW Plant Podcast, episode 52. John, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really fantastic, man. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. It feels nice to kind of get back in the flow and kind of doing a, our normal weekly routine of the same days as well, too. Yeah, dude, it took like an episode or two to feel like we're kind of getting back into it like we used to. Yeah, the sense of normalcy kind of feels uh, nice as well. Oh, hell yeah. It's better than sitting around doing nothing all evening. <laughs> and tonight we are covering GCW versus IWS unfucking sanctioned from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Oh, uh, Olympia, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And yeah, the venue is L'Olympia. Oh, that's how you it's say a weird it. Okay. One. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I actually took all this French. This is where it's only going to come. It just means the Olympia. Okay. L'Olympia in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And mm-hmm. the venue looks cool. I, I, I did like how it looked like the, the stage it actually looked like a regular, not a regular venue, but like a place that's been used and not one of these uh, small types of places. And like right away, I kind of enjoyed how it all looked professional like a professional wrestling company not like mm-hmm. an independent wrestling company is what i guess a better word wording for how i felt with this yeah it kind of reminded me of the setup you saw at tnt in england do you remember that kind of yeah, had that, I didn't uh, even think the, about big, that. the stage the big tv it kind of had that whole feel if you would have told me that was tnt i would have almost believed it yeah i didn't even think about that until just now <laughs> so um yeah you were mentioning it earlier now um we're on our third recording blasting out in the last week Oh, well. goodness. It's nice to be back. <laughs> I was just thinking of two in, a, two in a row on our normal days, and that I forgot about the one last week. <laughs> mm-hmm, that one, too. So, yeah, we're we're sitting on, you know, seven days looking at three recordings, and fingers crossed there that uh, we keep plugging away like we are because now that everybody's healthy and our conditions are as good as they can be, it kind of, you know, helps out a lot for us to kick these out for everyone, and it's enjoyable as always. Um, Las Vegas weekend was announced, dude. Hallelujah. Finally. So uh, I know FSW is going to be there, obviously, because they're the, the local wrestling company. But who else do you think might be there? That's what I was going to say. It was kind of a little ominous the way they said, and we're not coming alone or P.S. They'll, they'll be someone else with this. Uh, mm-hmm. I was interested. I, of course, I just thought it would be just uh, the FSW crew, but I think don't think they would have announced it like that it would have been just kind of like how this show's announced as a gcw versus vsw or like a, or fsw like how it happened um a couple years ago that's what they did so yeah i don't know this one feels like an authentic straight gcw show but i don't know who they're coming with and then my other thought would be vxs again but i don't think why he would be kind of ominous uh about saying that when they just recently did that so yeah i don't know it's kind yeah. of weird the way they ended that tweet off i was actually me and my wife been trying to figure it out to see uh think about what to expect there i haven't looked at the schedules i'm just maybe hoping we see wrestling revolver again they were really kind of fun to watch and um black label pro they did the midnight show last year so i don't I know even... let's just what what's up i didn't You're, even think like about it? that i was like oh yeah all those people came last year maybe that's what they mean again jesus i was thinking like just for this one specific show i was wondering like who they'd bring out but i totally forgot yeah it could just be as you said gcw versus revolver or black label pro or any other uh well yeah those are the only two companies that came out last F- year with fsw them. yeah those are the only two and um Maybe they'll bring another two out. I'd love to see. Well, shit, I have a laundry list of people that I'd love to see. And I know you probably do, too. Um, Wrestling Revolver, Black Label Pro, I'd take any of them all over again. I felt like with 
Black Label Pro and Wrestling Revolver, though, there was a lot of GCW talents used. I believe over. over two days, Effie worked four shows, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember seeing him four four times. Yeah, especially that, on uh, that, that Friday's, the Friday night, that the show that went, two shows that went to midnight. Or no, the one show, uh, yeah. the two shows that earlier that day. Yeah, that was a long day for me. I went to uh-huh. Rampage that night, and then right after Rampage, ran to the Silver Nugget and caught... Yeah, FSW versus Wrestling Revolver, and then Black Label Pro to end the night. That was a long, mm-hmm. <laughs> a long night. Black Label Pro felt like a fever dream because that shit didn't even kick off to like twelve thirty, right? Twelve forty, something like that. Like it was super. It was later deep than, into the night. Yep, it was thirty minutes later than what they were planning Jeez. on too. Love it. You know what? I love it though. That's the kind of stuff that's really special. Like the East Coast people weren't even watching this shit till three thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's kind of a cool feeling to go to sleep and like to wake up in the middle of the night to watch a wrestling show, and then you can literally finish the main event and eat breakfast. It's just <laughs> so weird, and you feel like I don't know. You feel like it's kind of special because you're doing this in the middle of the night kind of shit. It, like it feels, I don't know. It just feels kind of fun. Well, that's what maybe people are doing it. That would, that's what kind of made me watch my first GCW show, that Fight Forever show on YouTube. I was like, hey, I'm going to be up at 2, 3 in the morning anyway. Like, if this started, I think this started off our local time, like around 11 p.m. or 10 p.m. for us. And then, yeah, I was watching live wrestling happening at 3 in the morning. <laughs> and it was like wow. the second or third time I've seen some of these wrestlers. But like I said, I wasn't into it back then, so I didn't really fully catch on. But uh, thinking back about it now, it's pretty crazy. But I just said it's fun. It feels like a little, like you're... I don't know, like a guilty you're, you're pleasure doing... at two in the morning watching yeah. wrestling. That's live. It's like, I don't think I should be doing this, but it's been enjoyable while doing it. Well, it's like, it's this mix of, holy shit, I'm up in the middle of the night. Holy shit, I'm watching wrestling from wherever. Oh, holy shit, I love it this much. You know, things like that. I don't know. It just, it feels special that you're willing to go that far to get on your couch at two, three, four in the morning, you know? Some of the Japan shows you're watching at midnight, one o'clock in the morning sometimes. So I think I've gotten to the point where I, I fall asleep. I can't stay up for those uh Russell Kingdom shows no more. Or at least the Tokyo oh, yeah. Dash the or the New Year's Dash too. That that one I can't like the following the following days is even the worst one because they used to do fun stuff on that <laughs> that second day, but not too much anymore. Well, you know, I just I hope we have another midnight show. I don't know why, but those are really fun and um Collected. I don't know. Is it is it all at the Silver Nugget this time again? They announced know. a location, so that's why I'm also okay. wondering where they're gonna where the venue is gonna be because they had a lot of people there last time. So I don't know why they wouldn't go back unless they didn't like all the glass that was used in the main event. Because <laughs> that was the only I'll tell you thing why that I got crazy. Go back is the air conditioning. That too. Yeah, that was pretty. That's bad. the only thing is the air conditioning. If that air conditioning was turned on. Everybody would have had a hell of a lot more time. There would have been wrestlers passing out, you know, behind the scenes that that did happen. Um, yeah, I'm hoping for the best. I do know that. I, well, I was told that Saturday is booked at the Silver Nugget, so I believe that's why GCW's on Friday in Vegas. Oh, okay. Too. So I was wondering if they just yeah. did Friday because there's no Rampage as well. Because I know they don't like to kind of compete, especially with AEW right. when they're here. So. Um, yeah, I hope it is kind of silver because I like the venue. I, I just said the only thing negative was really the heat. I, I think the same exact thought and like the $22 margaritas. Yeah, fuck all that. <laughs> I do like the way in the back there you can get a bacon wrapped hot dog. Yeah, it's not the healthiest, but it's pretty damn good. So I've gotten that and uh, 
Yeah, we're, we're really getting sidetracked on some <laughs> shit here. But um, yeah, I would really hope it's back at the Silver Nugget. I think that's why they did that on a Friday night. When it comes to Las Vegas and this weekend, the fans can fill up almost any venue when it comes to GCW. Uh, roughly 800 to 850 was the gate on the last Las Vegas show. Who the hell knows where it's going to go from there? So I'm just hoping that when I look around, it's bigger. And I hope that the fans are just as passionate as they were last year. Yeah, that was that was a fun weekend. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. I don't think I'm looking forward to it quite as much just because I got collective next week. So I feel like, oh, my God, I got to sit through like 10 shows, which I'm super excited for. But then like a, <laughs> a month later, get ready to do it again, which I'll be down for it as it gets closer. But just thinking out right now, I'm like, that's going to be a lot of wrestling I'm watching in a short amount of time. Bring ibuprofen for <laughs> swelling. Bring Tylenol for pain. I need those, those chairs. Five hour energies for sure. Yeah, those just it's not like the chairs are bad. It's just if you sat on those chairs for three fucking shows and each show is two to three hours long, it could be up to nine, ten hours of sitting there. Yeah. So I got I actually got some Boo-hoo, we just, right? We just bought some Jordan Oliver <laughs> cushion, so I am uh gonna be oh, taking one of those right. to the collective at least because yeah, those chairs are pretty rough for for just three hours alone, not a, not three shows in one day. It was nice that he went out of his way to make sure he he brought those to you. Yep. You know, personally, uh, and, you know, you guys all get along anyway. So, you know. Yeah. My, my wife's not, not too happy, though, because he did sign all of them. I'm like, I'm taking one of them. Like, I can't sit in those little wooden chairs for <laughs> three straight days for 12 hours every day without any cushion. <laughs> you're going to stand up and you're going to have Jordan Oliver's signature on your ass. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, the, the, the gold <laughs> highlighter or silver highlighter that he signed it with is going to be on my ass as I stand up. So yeah, this this show. Oh my god, I'll I'll push this forward. <laughs> this uh, this show had two pre-show matches. We generally don't have that. So what I did was I wanted to kind of make sure people who are listening know ahead of time if they weren't watching the show. There was a two-match pre-show on YouTube that had come up for free before it switched over to Fight Plus. So I wanted to let everyone know that we will announce what happened in those two matches and then we'll snap into the regular show. I didn't want to I didn't want to have any fans like miss anything. We kind of suck because this first match team GCW versus team IWS was pretty damn good. And that could have been easily on the main show as well. But I always I've I think yes. I said it before and I haven't said it in a while. I've always liked when they do the or thought they should do these kind of pre-shows a little bit more often just so that way they get a test run on youtube for free to make sure audio video everything's coming through and then if not they have that 20 to 30 minutes right before the show to get it all in order so i i really enjoyed like the pre-show just aspect of it so that way they get their ducks in order and have a great production uh show or great show production wise on the actual show on fight tv but this one was a fun match, too. Like I said, this one I thought should have been probably on the main card just because of the names that are involved with GCW and the team IWS got a nice reaction as well. So obviously they're known and probably should have been on Fight TV, the actual main card. Well, I'll tell you what. IWS fans are like totally IWS fans. <clears throat> they, uh, excuse me, they played into the part really well. They wouldn't give GCW talent any fucking breaks hardly at all. There was maybe three, four times in this entire show where um, the performers had won over the fans. Off the top of my head, Gringo Local won over the fans. You know, about three quarters of the way through, you'd hear some chants here and there. Um, of course, MDK, all fucking day. Gage won over the fans at the end, but I think that's just part of it when 
all the fans knew the show was over and it was just about celebration. So, and I thought that was, a, well, yeah. we'll get into that later, but, uh, okay. So another surprise. thing, I no, no, and we'll talk about that YouTube thing for a second. I think that's in, just, it's highly intelligent and it makes a ton of sense. The YouTube reach is worldwide. And, uh, so is Twitter. So are all these other platforms. There really should be a full media blast that goes out when this time comes. I don't know how many people it would take, but, it would be amazing to just hit a button and you post that shit out to a bunch of people. Boom. Be here. We're broadcasting on YouTube. We're broadcasting on, say, Rumble for Canada. We're broadcasting on all these other places. And uh, we just want to show you what we're capable of. And I think every pre-show should have one banger. I mean, let's be honest. You got to capture the attention of people who don't see this very often. You better capture it quickly or else they turn it off yeah it's just how it is kind of like what you said that kind of reminds me of like the old kickoff shows that WWE used to do like i'm talking about like when they were on the tv channel oh, yeah. i know like, what you're talking the, about with the uh, the tv guy channel they used to be on there and like to get people to buy the pay-per-view more they would put on like one crazy match on that channel to get people like holy shit and you can see more of this in 20 minutes if you order the royal rumble or whatever i do think that's a smart idea as well well, I mean, the reason why I say it needs to be high energy also is because if you're trying to tell a story on a pre-show, save it for the main show. But also, it's like MMA. If a casual fan turns in and both of them are just laying on the ground in a hold, looks like they're hugging, you're not going to tune in and watch. You yeah. can give a shit less why those two are on the ground. So, you know, put some flips and put some crazy shit in there and it'll attract people like flies. And this pre-show match did it. Yeah, I got the. I actually got the notification on Twitter that like they were doing the kickoff show, but I, I didn't watch this one live either. But I was like, oh, cool, like something to check out later before uh, watching the show because I didn't know that they were doing any sort any sort of uh, pre show. So I was, I was uh, to check in to see what was going on with IWS because, like I said, a lot of those talent I still don't really know too much of but heading into the show i had no idea of almost anybody and i thought the kickoff show would be a nice little way i thought they would do a couple video packages here and there but um as we see with the first match and like the kind of uh the stables that they have there i did get to learn a little bit more about some of those iws wrestlers that i never knew of and it helped out mm -hmm. later once that same uh stable was wrestling on the main show yeah um what else can i really say here oh i got one for you isn't it nice to see our boy that we kind of really like to watch our dude, Alec Price. It seems like he's a regular now. Yep. I don't know. Enough kicking and screaming from some fans. I think maybe hopefully helped a little bit because since he's been on, I think it's been better. I think he's growing. He's a heat magnet. He really did it a lot in this match too. He drew, I think the most heat for the team for team GCW. I mean, they really hated Alex ass. Yeah. I, I'm, I was glad to see that because it was kind of goes back to his original, like, hey, everybody really boos him a lot. And it stayed that way this entire night instead of him winning over fans, which it's always fun to see. But I did like how the Montreal, uh, the the crowd was all over their team. Like that was actually kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. Usually in these places, like when we have the versus uh, versus company versus company, GCW kind of always takes over. Like at first they'll start of off course. kind of hot, but then GCW by the end of the night has all, everyone chanting for them, um, which is sometimes surprising. I think even more surprising for me just because of the, it is in Canada where I know every, all the wrestling shows I always watch, like, it's like the heel that's if they're Canadian, when they get to Canada, is always like the biggest baby face no matter what's going on. So it was kind of nice seeing Alec Price stay in heel and 
keeping getting keep getting the heel reaction as the match went on. And then Cole Radrick getting heat and drawing heat, I think, was in, <laughs> is incredibly fun. Dylan, he did some fantastic stuff like he always does. Heat didn't matter. He didn't really interact with the crowd that much. Just instant heat. Shane Mercer, heat magnet. It was really fun watching him talk about where he was going to throw Jepsen, which, yeah, Jepsen was, he's a big man. Yeah, that was a funny one. I'm a big fan of those. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw you over here. I'm going to throw you over here. He's like, yeah, yeah oh, I don't think that's okay, happening. Shane. Exactly. Yeah, that His is. look was exactly Not today, that. Shane. I loved it. Um, but, yeah, IWS had really solid fans. I love that GCW was getting the heavy boos. This is the first show that I've watched where it wasn't just instant love, instant love, instant love. It was fun watching our company get turned on their head in that aspect. I don't have a better way to put it. No, nope, that's um, better than how I put it. That's for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, the fans were smart by playing along. Let's be honest. GCW was invading and they needed to be repelled. And I think that's what this was all about. But um, did you even announce who was in this match yet? Because I don't want to no, go too far. I don't without... think I did. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't want to go too far just yet. I'm, I'm like, I'm excited. All right. So the f- just first uh, pre-show match Woo-hoo. is the eight-man tag team. And it is Team GCW versus Team IWS on Team GCW. As uh, you said, John, is the team of Alec Price, Cole Radrick, Dylan McCain, and Shane Mercer. Going against Team IWS of Black Dynamite, JT producer Carl Jepson, and Shane Hawk. And yeah, the names, the whole Casanova production stuff, the characters, I was lost. Like, I I got it, but yeah, I didn't were, get were, it. Yeah. And I didn't know, like, who's on actual the production, the stable? Is it the whole stable? Is it just two people? Like, I was very confused, but um, I did. I, just, I think it was... Uh, Whoever forgot whoever that Shane Mercer was trying to throw like this is the look that Shane oh, Mercer Jepson. got yeah Jeff's this is like was like dude you don't know where where you're at and you can't lift me like there's no way you're throwing me I enjoy that part so I remembered him because of Carly Ray Jepson oh. artist from yeah I don't yeah I actually admitted that <laughs> but uh, black mine black dynamite I remembered right from the get go because he had the Black Lives Matter sign which I thought was cool okay. JT producer and Shane Hawk it did take me a minute because I was mixing those two up a lot I don't know why or how but I was but yeah we no lie anybody who's listening they you all need to know that this is just how it is we're learning these guys so we're like oh I think that was Shane Hawk I I think that was but yeah, Jepson, he stood out because I'm a big guy fan and Black Dynamite because he came out with the flag and I kind of somehow remember that. So, um, yeah, but I just wanted to mention outside of Speedball, this is the first time for us seeing most any of them. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, like I said, I think I went back and watched like I not even went back and watched. I've seen um, the green. um Oh yeah, yeah. The Green Phantom, like once or twice. That's why when he showed up on the on the GCW when they ran in, I was like, "Hey, I kind of I know that person. I've seen him like once or <laughs> twice before, but not not often to know like any of his move sets or anything else." And these other people, no shot on any of it. So uh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick was that the IWS team were in fighting from the beginning, like before the match even started. So it was really easy to tell that there were heels on the team and they weren't being very cooperative. Uh, Fuck the team. They were all about themselves. 
but uh, IWS was getting their in-ring intros and the GCW guys were on the outside yelling at the fans getting heat. For me, I was having a good time. You know, I'm a big heat fan. I'm a big heel fan. It was fun watching all my heroes out there just getting heat. Uh, Heel Cole is cocky and it digs into people. I really noticed that. I'm really confused, like I said, for whose name is for what person. I actually had to watch this match a couple times because I wanted to make sure I did get the names right because it's just the proper thing to do. And possibly these performers may be listening and I want to make sure I honor them the best I can. So I will say before I go any further tonight that both B and I are going to make sure that we get the right names to the right individual. If we fuck it up, super, super sorry. We don't mean to. It's just, um, it's just a lot of new people. So we're going to yes. do our best on that, especially when it comes to eight man tag teams. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, it started off with Cole. He had a one inch punch standoff with Hawk, but that was primarily all it turned out to be. There was IWS chance that went throughout the building quite a few times. He does an insecurity black dynamite is like this insecurity, but he does it without the thigh slap. And if you hear an insecurity without a thigh slap, it, it's kind of weird. I'm not kidding. It's almost like, oh, it didn't connect. It fully connected. It's just you didn't hear that audible, you know, that yeah. sound. It's it's kind of funny. Um, I put in here Jepson's a big boy. He faces off with Shane Mercer. Shane threatens to eat Jepson into the crowd. I love watching big men work. Shane went for a left-handed gorilla press press. I don't know why I mentioned that on here, but it looks so weird. Watch a guy who's right-handed try to give a left-handed gorilla press. It almost looks like watching a right-hander throw a ball with his left hand. It just it looked <laughs> awkward from the beginning. Alec Price steps into all the hatred he's getting. IWS fans really hated him. Um, I just don't have a better way to really put it. Everyone was following the tag rules initially. The men would tag in at the same time. So basically two men would be in and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, the next two. would. So somebody would tag in and then someone else would tag in right after it. It uh, it took until about minute seven. The rules broke down and all men, all eight men were fighting in the ring. Eventually, Jepson and Mercer take over the ring once the dust settles. It was fun watching GCW get booze. I say it once again because it was just so goddamn fun. They were out there just getting heat left and right. I liked how GCW wrestlers also acknowledged the fans a lot. There was a lot more interaction than I think we get in America. Oh yeah, for sure. I think like that's why those like like the the TNT crowd when we were watching that show. I thought that was awesome with all like just how well they're into it. Oh, and the blue the blue uh, toilet signs. Now I remember the neon yeah. toilet sign in the background. Um, that's right. That's where all the wankers go. <laughs> remember that shit? Yes, yes, I do. But yeah, like, everybody's a wanker. In, in <laughs> well, well, we'll go to that another time. I just loved like the European crowd, like how loud they were with the songs. They knew all the songs. They knew all the GCW people. They knew all the chants. Um, and it's always like for me, very cool to see, especially when you get outside the country, um, to see the knowledge that these people have of GCW. Because sometimes we don't even get that in the states, and that just kind of it's a little depressing. Where the house, the people that see them maybe once every three, four, five years, or for the first time ever, is loud and just so entered into it and energized that they're like that the whole show and it makes the show better than you go see this other place. And it's like, you guys should know all these things. Like we're being put to shame <laughs> out here in the States with these chants. And I know we talked about it then, but I felt kind of the same way here where they gave 
their love, the fans love to Team IWS the entire night, and it was mm-hmm. very fun to see. And like the the crowd was very knowledgeable on everything in Montreal as well, just like the UK. So, so Alec goes for a body slam on Jepson. It doesn't go well. Alec gets picked up, and basically his body's thrown into like it's just thrown midair, and it looks like he's ragdolled, and he lands funny. Jepson had all of Alec's body basically up, and I mean, if he wanted to spin him, he could have basically spun him hawk was fired up fans are still not sold on getting behind them even though he's the face tonight i'm sure that's because of the situation with you know the issues there hawk and dynamite had nice topes the rest of team iws followed until uh basically producer does a little bullshit but there's a spot where mercer grabs producer and yeets him into all the others i knew he was going to do it to somebody i just i didn't know if it was going to happen to jepson i was just kind of hoping he was going to try but when I saw him throw Hawk, I was like, okay, yeah, he's, or no, I'm sorry, producer. See, this is where we go with the names. Yep. But uh, th- there came a point in this match where IWS and GCW men were basically exchanging big moves on each other. I wrote in my notes, what an amazing pre-show match. I, I was at that point. Another spot, uh, McKay did a killer DDT on Jebson. Everyone's hitting big moves. The last few minutes were basically a highlight reel. Hawk and producer, I think, pretty much fucks over. Black Quebecois. Um, by the way, since we're going into that, it's the Quebecois. So if you ever have to say it, I'm just exactly. Gonna say, I'm just going to tell it. Like, uh, I'll shoot you a hand signal. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you could say, you know what? Do that. You do that. <laughs> and I'll do it every damn time. Uh, GCW now outnumbers IWS four to two since they walked off. And uh, Team GCW basically beats up on them. And we get the cover for the win. Our uh, win here goes to Team GCW. So. Again, I noticed that even Veda was having a rough time with the whole situation with the names. So luckily we did have an announcer there on commentary that was a uh, IWS person. So that was really helpful. Otherwise, I think quite a few of us would have been lost, but we know who they are now. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and I, I used had what a major pre-show match. I wrote, this is a great teaser for what's to come throughout the rest of the night because, yes. like as we were talking about, the YouTube stuff I thought was smart to put it on there to kind of get fans to buy the, the show on Fight TV. And um, I actually was more excited to see this from IW, Team IWS because like, I didn't know too much about it. And I really loved all four of those competitors, how all both tag teams were different but each character was really different in in the um in the team as well and i just was really looking forward to see what else that team iws had for the rest of the night because i loved those four like black dynamite and um um oh my god i'm losing it on producer? Yeah. producer or uh yeah producer and black dynamite were on a team yeah those two like i would like to see kind of a not East West Express, but that's kind of more like I really wish they would find somebody for Shane Mercer to team with. You kind of have like a nice big Haas tag team match with, between those two teams. And Black Dynamite looked really like fluid in the ring as well. I, I enjoyed everything he did. You know, we haven't had a Haas match in a long time, like a good Haas match. Juicy. That would be something I'd like to see at spring break. Bring all of the independent Haases in. Well, I don't know if you I mean, saw you know how, oh. man, man Like Darius is going to be in... Uh, at the collective, I told you that's a, well because of all the oh, names. Oh, really? Announced. Yeah, he's in like a couple different matches, like for the collective and other shows. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I get to see him. Hopefully, I, they. I don't think they added Leon Slater, but that's like obviously the first name I look for too. When I hear Darius, I look for Slater. When I see Slater, I look oh, for Darius yeah. because I I love those two from uh from the 
TNT shows in. Uh, I, I thought that was pretty cool. I get to see a man like Darius there because with his size and build, I think I think he should have a match with Cardona at the collector. That was the one kind of hmm. person I thought would be a good matchup for him. Well, you know, I'm really happy that Darius is there too because that's one of those people that we we saw from the beginning and went, he's good. He's good. We want him. We'd like to see him over here in GCW. He's the type where he doesn't, he's not going to sink. He's going to swim over here. So yeah. And then who else did you mention that we were normally looking forward to? The well, man like Darius and uh, Slate, Leon Slater. Oh, the one Leon I look Slater. For. Like, yeah. yeah. If I see one announced, I usually look for the other because uh, I know that they've been doing a couple different shows together outside of TNT out in the UK. I saw they did like a couple other shows uh, for other promotions, but I don't think they're, I think they are a tag team, actually. I'm not sure. Or were a tag team. Ooh, that'd be dangerous. Else. Yeah. But ah, at least I get to see Man Like Therese because I didn't think that was any possible from being in the UK and stuff. And coming Dude, out you're going to gonna see a lot. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm going to see a lot of people I didn't think I'd ever see live before. Ooh, I hope you have something. Dude, you need to get a GCW uh, flag like I did, and you need to get people to sign it. I think you really should because you might look at that 10, 20 years from now and be happy you did it. Yeah. That's what I was saying. want to start collecting signatures. There's so many talents that are moving up the ladder. That's a good idea. I made sure, I dude, it. I made sure I got Billy. I made sure I got Nick Wayne. Uh, you know what I mean? All the way down to Los Macisos. I made sure I even got Toxin because he's just, they're so fucking good. Um, I just, I recommend it. I've got Blake Christian up there. Blake's going somewhere. I mean, get it while you can. Yeah. Got Alec Prices. Uh, oh, Commander. Got Commanders. Anyway, I think anyway, the big thing for the collective is me is I got to get I'm trying to get like a picture or something with Vikingo because I definitely think should. this is the last time I'm going to be able to see him live and up close and personal uh, in any type of manner after his match last night. Yeah, if I were you, I'd try to get something signed and maybe see if you put a date on it. That's the one. Yeah, that's the one name I'm really kind of trying to I might go out of my way to make that oh, happen just, in uh... a respectful manner. Get uh get one of those, you know how they have the poster things. You should get one of those, just have people sign it. Uh Turtle, my wife did that. Yeah. She bought one of those, she bought one of those posters with like all the you know, the card with all the rundown. And she just had them all sign their own faces. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, hopefully they'll have a bunch of stuff like that for the collectors where I could do it because that yeah, I don't Viking was one of my ones that I was super excited to see. I'd luckily that he could see me at least one time, but and I could see him a couple different times during the collective, but after that I don't think that's going to be happening anytime soon. Oh, I totally get that, man. So what do you say? Match two? Yeah, we uh, can make this if we short and to. sweet since uh, the match <laughs> itself was short and sweet as well. That was short. Uh, pre-match <laughs> number two. <laughs> I'm not going to freaking lie. Every now and then there's a match. It's just, uh, well, this was two minutes and 16 seconds of why? I'm not, you know, I'm sure everybody that was in this is fantastic and nice. It's just they're there wasn't anything really to it so I, I was almost confused as to why yeah i uh it sounds harsh no like i said I, I can't polish it as something that was fantastic you know when we were talking about this uh off the podcast and like you said there was a second match I'm like what i don't i don't remember a second match on there like what are you talking about yeah. and then i went back and like watched all two minutes and 16 seconds of it and yeah i totally forgot about it and missed it but it is a tag team match. Uh, once again, it's on the pre-show as well on uh, YouTube. It is the team of Hardbody and Jimmy Lloyd versus the team of Amazingly Sweet of Alex Mays and Chris Stara. And yes, yeah. Uh, 
So Hardbody was a fill-in, so thank you for him filling in. I don't know who he was filling in for. Jimmy Lloyd did have another partner lined up, though, and it was a you know something where they just couldn't make it or maybe an injury. So I just wanted to make sure I knew that ahead of time. But yeah, Hardbody was not supposed to be with Jimmy Lloyd, just Hardbody stepped up. So that may have also played into this being a little different than an average match, and it could have really played a big difference in the planning of the match. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. I missed that on the commentary. I didn't know there was an injury. Yeah, I don't I don't know what the situation was, but yeah, he wasn't the one planned originally. But um, Amazingly Sweet came out to We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. I never thought of that as an entrance song, but they made it work. Um, Maze had a nice spot with a backflip off the ropes onto the floor. That's one of the few spots I'm really going to mention too much. I do think Kristara does a good job overall. I would like to see more of what she can do. There really was no story since, again, it was like a two-minute match. There was a couple spots, and it just it felt like a place to just put people in the match. So it was really filler. I honestly have never said it before. We, we really could have done without this one. There just wasn't much to it. And nothing against the performers. The, just, the booking was not meant to be anything more than what it was. They weren't told to go out and have a 20-minute banger. Yeah, uh, the one positive, I guess, I'm saying of, like, at least we could see Jimmy Lloyd in, in the UK, like since he wasn't. Uh, I don't think they were. He wasn't. Like, I don't think he was one of the ones really announced for the uh, the event either. But if this was another quick little way to get him on the card, I'm fine with that as well. And, and like I said, it introduced uh, three new names to me of Hard Body, Alex Mays, and Chris Dara. So um, for the quick two minute match and what they did was only a couple moves each, but I think they uh, have some potential there and could do some fun stuff. Uh, Given, as you said, different circumstances and maybe more time to actually prepare for what was actually planned for. But, yeah. I just I just don't want to judge them on two minutes of material and there's four people in the ring. Yeah, exactly. There just wasn't enough to go on. And they didn't have enough time to go on and do probably much of what they wanted to do at all. Yeah, I, that's a better way to <laughs> that's a better way to say all that, that I was going to say. That was dragged all mine. I would have talked longer about the match than the match itself. But yeah, our winners, Hard Body and Jimmy Lloyd. Good job, guys. <laughs> God, I don't want to stop it like that. <laughs> I know. Hey, good job, guy. I, like when there's a two minute match, there's only so much we could talk about. And like you said, I would wouldn't mind seeing a amazingly sweet uh, work to, work age, longer uh, and more traditional style match in uh, the future. I don't know if uh, GCW. I think they announced that they were going back there. I'm not sure though. I really hope they do because this main event especially was just super fucking crazy. I really liked it a lot. I like the concept and how they did it. So, well, we'll get into that later. So we'll get into the show here. Basically, the show starts with a beautiful video packet explaining the drama between GCW and IWS. I didn't even know all of that had went on, and I'm a guy who reports this stuff. So thank you for explaining this story. I didn't know how deep it was. I really appreciate it. My wife, she understood what the hell was going on because she was watching the video package too. It was extremely well done. So I loved how we opened up. We had Emil, Je suis à Montreal. So that was kind of cool. And see, I know French and actually said about that. Say, yeah, Je suis all the French stuff Montreal. Like. Yes. The ring announcer for IWS. I just want to say he's awesome. He's really good. I like the way he sounds. He... He knows his shit. I really do like him a lot. And he's like a straightforward announcer, too. He's like a Michael Buffer style, I think, is the best way to put it. So I don't know if you really had a chance to listen, listen, but it was good enough to where I had to write it in my notes that, hey, man, he's pretty damn good. 
Yeah, and I do like how they, whenever they do these cross-promotional stuff, they let the companies, the other companies, like announcers call some matches. They uh, Shine, let them shine. Yeah, you know? and like they do ring commentary with uh, MLJ. Sometimes I always find it weird when I see two uh, ring announcers in the ring, and then I'm just waiting for them to like break <laughs> off into a match at one point as well, especially with like MLJ. I'm waiting for him and like somebody else whenever Emil knows do. moves. Yeah, I would like to see just a quick little like couple bumps and boom, be done with it, but to kind of further, <laughs> further the feud along as the night goes on, you, you kind of see them arguing and cutting each other off and snatching the mic out of their hands. I think that so would be So you want a cool ring thing. announcer fight? Yeah, like a little brawl. Why not? We see You're sometimes... Like, I love like watching two tag teams and then or two singles competitors and all of a sudden in the background you see the managers start squaring up and then you see the fans like get more into seeing the managers wrestle than the actual wrestlers. Referees. We've seen referees go at it? Yeah, like when they start pushing each other, like, no, this is my match, uh-huh. get out of here. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff they could have done. And uh, that's what I, every time I do see, though, two ring announcers, I always wonder if that's going to be the night that uh, MLJ gets his hands dirty and pulls out a couple of Lucha's moves. Oh, dude, it's only a matter of time. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm just saying, though, if there's anybody that can pull into a dictionary and pull out something, I know Emil could. I think he could defend himself. He's got good length on him. Like he's got a little hair on his chin, so that kind of softens the shot. <laughs> I'm just saying, MLM on your side, bro. There's a little fight, and then, yep, just, yeah, yeah. He needs a finisher. <laughs> That's the only thing he's missing. Sorry, my head started going into the like drop. What it? Yeah, he's, <laughs> oh, I don't know. He's gonna pick something Japanese. I just know it. Like something uber rare and Japanese from like 1958 wrestling at like some dojo that was dirty in Kyoto somewhere behind a. It was like restaurant. It was done one time and it's been barred from the world of professional. Yeah. I want to do the dirty Viper. (laughs) What? He goes, yeah, the dirty Viper from 1956. Yeah. I would like, he knows this shit. Yeah. Like I said, I'm buying, I think I'm going to buy one or two of his DVDs this time just to get some random uh, wrestling from him that I would never, never check out before myself. Oh, and I'll be honest with you with the library that he has, I wouldn't be against maybe getting a hold of him and just saying, Hey, I have a specific interest in this, this, and this. If you have anything, I'll gladly pay for you to maybe just press a CD for me or a DVD for me. He probably would do it. Well, when we talked, I talked to him about it in uh, LA or not LA in Vegas, right before the LA show when they were uh, here at the FSW arena. And I, mm-hmm. he did tell me like one thing he's like, yeah, just send me a message and just mention this. Cause that's where like our little group is that, uh, that has all these, re- like these very rare wrestling stuff. And like, he's like, yeah, just message to me and I'll add you. I messaged him. He never added me yet, but uh, I never sent. A, I never sent a follow up <laughs> either because I don't want to bug him. But like, I was actually that was one of my highlights. I was driving home, telling my wife, like, "Oh, I'm more excited. I think I get to watch some really cool wrestling that I never seen before that from MLJ." But uh, maybe that'll be down the line. Maybe I'll bring it up again in LA. Somewhere around there, I don't know where. It's not on. Uh, it's not on eBay, but I can't remember where. There's someone floating around with original ECW VHS tapes that they're willing to put on video on uh, DVD and I'm I'm trying to find who they are because it's got original music and everything like RVD coming out to Pantera's walk, you know, uh, Sabu and his music, like dude, um, Sandman enter Sandman. Yeah. Like, it's so much better than listening to like the, the <laughs> WWE kind of, you know, generic rock music they'll put on there. So, yeah, I, uh, I, that's one thing I'm definitely going to reach out to MLJ though. In LA. Do it. Do it. He's he's down. He's a nice guy. Yeah. 
For our first matchup of the show, we have a tag team match as the East West Express, Jordan Oliver, Nick Wayne go against the team of Fresh Air, which is Junior Benito and McCray Martin. And I liked how at least they had matching pants, <laughs> the other team, Fresh Air. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know anything, but that's a good start to a tag team when you right, have matching, matching gear. pants. When you got at least a matching gear for a tag team that I've never seen, it, I'm like, okay, at least they're a real tag team and not just thrown together. So, uh... <laughs> they had matching That's the best gear. fucking review. Yep, that's it. And that was our winner, that's East a, West Express. That's a That's yeah. a good tag team. They had matching pants. That was my first natural reaction to it, too. It was like, okay, at least I got the pants on. We're good. That's a good start. And Oh, God. Once the match- Did they have matching boots, too? No. No, oh, they did not. fuckers. Yeah, that's not a real team, then. <laughs> they, did yeah. they have tassels? No. They don't not. have tassels. See, that's not a real team, either. <laughs> but didn't they also oh, have, like, some nicknames? Like, I, I, in my notes, I wrote down... <laughs> I wrote down like <laughs> hot body or hard pants. body. Hold on, with the hot stepper. I'm sorry, I'm fucked up over that. Okay, no, uh, you're say good. it again now. I'm now, sorry. See, like, here's why I'm confused. Like, was one of them like the nickname hot stepper or something like that? Because I believe so. Okay, yeah. in my notes I have I hot stepper was... written here, but I'm like, wait, those names. McCray. Okay. I believe McCray was hot stepper, and then Benito. I don't know if there was a name for him. I'm gonna have to look through the notes, but Benito, I remembered him really quickly because. He was supposed to face off with Nick Wayne, and that was supposed to be a really big deal. So I was happy with that. And then McCray, I remember him because of anybody. Okay, look, you look at him and you go, okay, I'm thinking I'm eyeballing here. It's what he's capable of. And then he's capable of way more than he looks like he's capable of. Because it seemed like if there was a man who put his body like stretched through most of his limits, he really did it like. He was trying to make people happy that night. You could really tell McCray like put a lot of work into his stuff for sure. And nothing I, against Benito, just McCray. He really stuck out because I don't know how much more a man could have done as he did. He was so busy. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to go with this. Like, I didn't know much of obviously of the tag team. I was like a good start matching gear. And then the dancing at the beginning, I was like, OK, they're funny and stuff like that. And then they found right. interesting ways, though, to start incorporating that into the match as a form of distraction to uh, Jordan and Nick Wayne. And I quickly was found myself like involved in paying more attention during this match once um, once I saw Fresh Air could actually really go in the ring. And I enjoyed it because they did uh, one cool move on Jordan. It was like a wrap, like or tilt, not a tilt award, but like a wrap around like one way to wrap around the other way into another mm-hmm. slam. Like it was pretty, pretty crazy what they did. I think it was to Jordan too. So um, uh, yeah, I enjoyed this match. So overall, great way. To okay. start. I was had a hiccup there. Great way to, uh, no, 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 you're good. to start the main show. Okay. Before this match even started, I wrote in my notes. Now this is a match. You could just see when both teams were in the ring that the temperature had been turned up in the building. It was noticeably a step up from the pre-show. We had IWS chants chants all over the crowd. Jordan and Wayne were heavily booed. This is awesome. I loved watching this dynamic overall. Both started with a handshake, so I did really like that, you know, okay, I'm a sucker for that shit. It's not like they're not hand, you know, shaking hands and talking behind the scenes, but I think it's just a show of respect, and a lot of people like that, and I think it's a good thing for, say, kids to see. But I noticed that McCray basically can't be knocked down mid-ring by Jordan at one point. The whole time he's doing a spot where he acts like he's getting knocked down but doesn't. 
I don't know if you saw that spot. It's right yeah, in the beginning where he's that's like, what oh, I was I'm going to with the dancing with the legs and stuff yeah. like that. So, so then the whole time he's like kind of crouched down and almost down. And I'm just thinking Jordan kicked that motherfucker over. Just kick him over like that spot would make Cornette so fucking pissed off <laughs> because the guy's just down there trying to sell it. Like, just kick him the fuck over. That's what I was thinking. It's just it was funny. Wayne was tagged in the same time as Benito gets tagged in. Everybody wanted to see this. Both are very quick when it comes to just doing their thing. Wayne had to tell the ref to count during a spot. Referee, please stay alert. If you want to know what I'm talking about, it's a spot where they're holding hands and they're both down on the mat. You can see him look over and say count or something like that. Yeah. And then the referee's like, oh, and then start stay alert, ref. Wayne had to. T- <laughs> so Wayne can't do anything right with this crowd. And I thought that was really fun because Wayne is like the sweetheart. That's you know? completely different, too. That's what I thought. Loved it. Uh, halfway through, the tag rules were completely out the window. I liked how Fresh Air had some really cool double moves. I don't have names for them, but I thought they were fantastic. Fresh Air rallies at this point and basically beat the shit out of Nick Wayne. Uh, there's a spot with McCray where he has an awesome sit-down powerbomb. McCray also had a spot where he caught Jordan Oliver and spun him into that tilt-a-whirl. Is that the one you were yeah, talking about? that's the one. Off the... of the... Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude, that was so damn weird. Yeah, the tilt-a-whirl, basically. But, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they called it. I thought they called it a whirl something, and I'm just like, I don't know. Maybe they call it something different in Canada. There was a huge flurry of power moves from all the wrestlers. The crowds popped hard. Just go watch this match, honestly. That's the best way I'm going to put it. I know Benito was supposed to be the one to watch, but the more I've seen um, from McCray, he was the one that was really working his ass off. See, there's, there was the note where I was mentioning that one. I, I need to see more of Benito, honestly, because I don't feel like I saw enough in this match. Wayne and Oliver started up the uh, the double team machine several times and fresh air would keep fighting out of them. You know how, you know, when they start doing the double moves and shit, you know, they're getting warmed up towards the ending. That was exactly what was going on here. Eventually, though, East West hits double kicks and double clout cutters for the win. You know how that is. One, two, three. Our winners in this match was the East West Express. And this was a fantastic start for GCW with the win right off the start in um, in this match. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, in this show. What was that? In, in this show. Oh, yeah. I said in this match. Yeah, I thought that was a great way. Um, that Jordan and Nick just look smooth and absolutely synchronous and right on the same page at all times. It's been very cool watching them uh, back in tag team again because we haven't seen Jordan's been kind of doing some singles matches uh, over these last couple of shows since winning the JCW title. So back uh, – Teaming up with Nick Wayne was a nice, uh, don't want to say it, but breath of fresh air. Sorry, for sure. <laughs> but um, yeah, I am. I do want to see more Junior Benito and McRae. I think did did more most of the work as well. I just like the dancing was what killed me at the beginning. But as <laughs> as it got like as the match went on, it got more serious and that kind of stuff. It looked it was a good tag match. I definitely enjoyed them. I <laughs> what the matching gear still. I'm still laughing <laughs> about the pants. fucking dude. The timing, the timing was fucking fantastic because you go, well, they have matching pants. <laughs> like, like, oh my god, that's a good stuff. These poor guys. If, if Fresh Air is listening, that is wow. That that would have been hilarious because they would have looked at each other and went, oh my god, they only mentioned the pants to start off. I mentioned the pants. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I mean, just the delivery was fucking hilarious. I I 
Uh, yeah, I'm still laughing over it. No well, shit. that was the, I kind of our big issue as Nick and Jordan kept on tag team is like, hey, if you're going to make him a tag team, right. we always said put matching gear on and put matching gear on. But that's why I always like if I see a tag team, I don't really see matching gear. I'm like, OK, these are just two people thrown together. I'm not mm-hmm. like for the most part. Usually it's like that. Yes, I know there's tag teams that don't wear the exact same thing every time. But I'm just saying <laughs> for my first impression of this team, I was like, good start. Matching pants. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start somewhere. So uh, it was a great start and they ended off great. Like I said, I wouldn't mind seeing them again because uh, they did start to grow on me as the match went on and I could see that they could really go in the ring. I thought uh, they made this match very fun against the team uh, of Jordan and Nick Wayne. Old school Oliver, too. Did you see him down in the uh, down near the fans at the end of this match? Just drawing booze from people. No, I he was not. showing off. He's like, we won again. Yeah. Oliver can draw fucking heat, dude. No, I, I can't wait that. to see that side of his character when it comes out, dude. He's got he's got asshole written all over him when he wants to be. Yeah, when that uh, when that turn oh, happens, dude. I think to Nick Wayne, I think that's going to be like one of those kind of if Nick done Wayne, right. Huh? I think it should be done to Nick Wayne just because that will lead the door open where if Nick Wayne can come back later on after doing whatever he can do for uh, AEW and then maybe do a possible like show back up in GCW and they allow them to still wrestle since he doesn't do death matches to kind of come back and beat up a heel Jordan, which will hopefully by that point will be a little bit like with the Blake Christian heel. I, I just feel like a very good shield storyline could happen where Nick Jordan hits Nick Wayne behind with the chair. Then we don't see Nick for a while. Jordan goes off on a little run, getting the crowd even more against him, And then, one day, like someone, Nick Wayne just comes out and saves the day against whoever Jordan's beating up and have a nice little feud that way. I think that's that's how I always envision this tag team would kind of end. I'd love to see Brett Lauderdale become an on-screen character, get mad, go over to AEW, say you're taking all my fucking talent, and they hold an invasion. I okay, think... Anyway. I know, I like that. Remember when we said the Ring of Honor versus GCW? I think this new Ring of Honor versus GCW great, yeah. is a little bit... Hammerstein. Yeah, Ooh, battle for hammer. So battle for New York. Yeah, that w- I would like. I said really look forward to that one because I think they could do a lot of stuff. And that Ring of Honor uh, roster that they got for AWs. I mean, we got. I can name five people from GCW that's a GCW uh, regular wrestle on them. So I think they could tell a fun story. And obviously, they're going to be working together in some capacity to get these schedules to match up. Spies, I tell you. Those are GCW spies. Blake Christian is in that locker room just to be a spy. It's so crazy seeing Blake getting cheered in in Ring of Honor, then booed heavily in GCW, but I like it. And he probably thinks it's fun, too. He gets to get the best of both worlds and uh, still kind of hone the face character and the heel character as well. I know one who gets booed in one and cheered in the other. Masha. Yeah, Masha true. gets yeah, one is. treatment in Impact and gets a different treatment at GCW. Yep, by the fans. That's another one I wasn't thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So that's just it's another yeah, just somebody. It was just another thing. I know another example. For our second matchup of the evening, it is Lou Fisto going against Sawyer Wreck, and I was interested in this one. I wanted to see this how Sawyer would wrestle against a veteran like Lou Fisto. I don't think. Uh, Lufisto going to this match wasn't going to be down for all these uh, fun and games. She wants to get right in there, show that this is her country, and Sawyer Wreck can't come in and and beat her with it. This is her crowd. I was all behind Lufisto on this one just because I think she's definitely earned it, and um, 
it's I never really watched any of Lufisto back in the day. I watched I, I've heard of her and I knew some of her stuff, but get to actually watch her wrestle on GCW, like she's still on top of her game. I don't know how long she's been wrestling for. I'm gonna assume she's on the like the back end of her career, but she's been looking incredible and doing incredible work with everyone she's wrestled with and still looks like she hasn't lost a step in the ring and it's been uh fun to watch. Here we go. Let me, let me, okay, okay, I'll touch. I got to touch the cornet paper for a minute just to feel the heat coming. Okay, I feel Ow. it. Okay, yeah, yeah, Wolf's coming out. I'm so sorry. Listen, I love Lufisto. One thing I will say was it was really awesome to see her in her black outfit. Sometimes she'll wear like horns with that. That was literally what I was talking about is she's out in her black. Yep. Usually she has a black outfit underneath that too. It's like like a whole queen of darkness kind of thing. Um. <sighs> I will tell you as a, as somebody who does like, and is a fan of Lufisto for, I want you to know that this is not a typical Lufisto match. Lufisto is definitely better than this. This was just an off one for her. And I want to say that up front because I could tell that because I've seen so much of her that I know this is not a typical, she worked the best she could given the situation. That's, that's my thought. So no lie. Um, for Sawyer Wreck, you can't be one of the youngest females in wrestling and call yourself the matriarch of mayhem. You literally went out there and got your ass kicked by one of the people who could say they are the matriarch of mayhem. I'm just letting you know right now that might be, I mean, it might sound good, but the people who are intelligent enough to understand what a matriarch is, uh, you know, it's like a puppy calling itself the, the grandmother of children. Like, you just ain't. So I'm just saying that up front. I know, like I said, I sound healed tonight, but this is just how it is. Um, I do like the dynamic that was going on in this match, though. We had Lufisto, who was shorter, faster, stronger. Then we had Sawyer, who was taller, younger, had more length on her. Lufisto starts off um, pretty hot early. The fans in the crowd are all over with the Lufisto chants. Like, uh, it was obvious this is her home base. I mean, there was there was no fight. There's no fighting anyone on their home territory and thinking you're going to get a, a fair handshake. That's how it is. Uh, there was a heavy beatdown pretty much put down by Sawyer in this. I really did like it, but a strong Lufisto is also fun to watch. Sawyer goes to pick up Lufisto and fails miserably in a spot. Lufisto saves herself and Sawyer's face for making it look better than it was. It is what it is. Sawyer then decides to throw about eight chairs in the ring at one spot. Lufisto and Sawyer decide to have a sit-down punching fight. I thought that was kind of cool, and um, it's just kind of fun. They both look tougher for doing it. Sawyer took over about a halfway through the match. Sawyer fails to pick up uh, Lufisto again, and then eventually hits a slam on a chair and breaks it. Sawyer with a heavy chop on Lufisto that echoed out throughout the arena. I thought that was worth mentioning. It was fucking loud. And then um, Sawyer had a nice rolling Death Valley driver onto a bunch of chairs. On the apron, this is towards the ending here, Sawyer goes to pick up Lufisto again, and Lufisto blocks it. Lufisto picks, uh, Lufisto picks up Sawyer and kind of partially slams her through the table. Lufisto pretty much went through the table more than Sawyer. That was our ending. So our winner here was Lufisto, and I'm just going to go into it because I'm already in heel mode. Honestly, neither woman could hold the other's weight in the air and control it for very long uh, or at all. I do love both the performers, but this night, most of I probably think they went back behind the scenes and just decided to move on from this night. I don't want to just 
but I have to, okay, no disrespect to the performers, but it is what it is. And I can't bullshit what I, what I seen. Otherwise I'm lying to people. It just is what it is. This match was not memorable for either of the performers and that's okay. There was a night I think with Bruiser Brody and the undertaker before it was the undertaker and they were wrestling. And I think the match went a couple minutes and an undertaker was like, what the hell was going on? And Brody was like, some nights just don't work together. Like we just don't work together some nights. And this happens with all kinds of wrestlers. Sometimes they're just not on the same page this night. They just weren't on the same page. Also, they weren't able to pick up each other comfortably. That was also kind of odd. And it wasn't like they were going 20 minutes. This was under 10 minutes long, too. So I don't know what was up, but it was just the, the stars didn't line up that night. So sorry, ladies. It is what I saw. And like I said, I, I love you both, but it is what it is. And I'm sure they're moving on just like we are with it eventually, too. So no big deal. Yeah, I was um, the one thing that was kind of driving me nuts. And I've said this about with Sawyer Rick before it's like she's about to do a power bomb kind of like as you said kind of like something happened I'm not going to blame whoever I don't know who whose fault it was just it didn't didn't fully kind of happen and she's sitting there like it seems like she's laughing I don't I don't know if she is it's just a facial reaction or like she's getting punched in the face and it's like she's laughing but not like the maniacal like oh keep it coming kind of like oh I'm enjoying what I'm doing here this is fun like I'm having a good old time wrestling and then she's getting punched Billy in the Starks face. does that too. Heel Billy Stark uh, yeah, will but... still look like a 12 year old that's having a good time in the ring. It's because she's young. I just, it's not as much now, but a year ago I saw yeah. it more. It's no, just last, matur maturation. Last year during the collective weekend out here, Memorial day, we saw it. Like I said, we've talked about the spot where, or the match where she was bully Starks and she's out there trying to get Smiling. chicken nuggets yeah. from the fans on the side and laughing and giggling. Then, Oh, hold on. I gotta go back to the, do this match kind of thing. So like, yeah. yeah, I get, I get that part a little bit, but I think like once I saw Sawyer Rec kind of go to the chairs, I was like, this is kind of my problem with Sawyer Rec. If you can't have a good match with Lufisto without any fuckery, like that's not, that wasn't a good sign for me to kind of go forward. Like now I don't want to see Sawyer Rec have a traditional one-on-one -on -one match no more. Like kind of how we talk about with a little bit with Slade, where I think she needs to stay with the deathmatch wrestling because she's still green. She's still getting over with the crowd and still learning some of these moves. And whenever she kind of just sticks to the four moves that she's really good at, that makes her look like a legit badass and no one wants to fuck with male or female. Like I enjoy that Sawyer wreck where it's, I come in, mm -hmm. choke slam you, power bomb you, drop you on your head, and boom, get out here, go get the victory. But once you started kind of got in a little deep water there with Lufisto, I think it just exposed a little bit of how much more she needs to grow. And it's not a bad thing. It's you're still young, but like you're still that over and you're still new to the business. It's that's a great start. Now just you got to see kind of what you did struggle with, and hopefully now go back. Cone, fix what you think, what was, as you said, they kind of both washed it, washed each other clean, like with this match and be okay, hey, we're done with it. But go back and see what you kind of struggle with, figure out what happened. And hey, if it's on you, then now you know what you kind of need to fix a little bit to even further improve your character because. It doesn't matter what we say on the podcast here. The AC crowd absolutely loves her. They, uh, LA yeah, crowd yeah. absolutely love her. She is something unique, different, and badass and yes, can yes. be, but. Stick to the badass is my whole thing. We kind of with Sawyer Rec, like as we I talked about with Alley Catch. Once Alley Catch was in that I'm gonna cut you mode, it's 
I think the character's way more believable. It's way more badass. And that's what kind of got her over that way. And same thing with Sawyer Wreck. What got her over was just choke slamming the shit out of people. It didn't matter your size or whatnot. Like you she came in, choke slam, and boom. Done and over with and be done with it. So that's the one thing I could say too about this match was I think it just exposed a little bit of what needs to kinda of happen. But as you said though, some nights two wrestlers don't connect. Like that's just sports. That's just yeah, sometimes. Like, yeah. like Jordan and Pippen never connected every single night. They had off nights. It happens. Right. It's not a big deal. It's nothing horrible, nothing bad. Just hey, had an off night, get back in the gym. As you said, forget about it. And work on what and you it's need our to work job on. to make sure we tell the truth and what we see yeah i don't want to sit here and be like hey this was a four or five star match because that would be absolutely bs to people who care to watch and hear what we have to say you know so yeah i just chalk it up as this is the night where it, it wasn't for each of them and the matriarch actually got the shit kicked out of her by a real matriarch Yes, and after yeah, the queen fucking came down from the fucking <laughs> hill and handed one to Sawyer. No, no, let's give her respect. Been in the Hall of Fame for the longest time now. You better give her a damn respect. And Sawyer obviously realized why little Lufisto there is such a fucking dynamite character. And Lufisto's match with Rena in Toronto. Mm. Holy mm. shit! That's what. Yep. That's the Lufisto I want to see, and that's what if because that match. Uh, I know it's that kind is of a her. spoiler. That is Lufisto, bro. That's the real. That this night was shit. That is the real Lufisto. And Rina if Lufisto is real shit, and if that's how, like, cause I've never seen Lufisto kind of get that kind of crazy, which I know this match kind of did, but nowhere near her and Rena. Where mm-hmm. now I'm like, holy shit! Like Lufisto does that. That's what I want to see Sawyer Wreck and Lufisto have the matches. They start off coming out with the chairs and beating the shit out of each other and doing creative moves on the weapons or using the weapons in creative ways. Do you don't have to sit there and do an arm drag toe hold and I caught you in a power bomb and going to get you on the apron like stick to the fuckery stick to what made you good like for me for sorry wreck that's what i think too and i didn't know lufisto had what she had with rena in her like if she has that and that's what that as you're saying that's the old lufisto oh, that's the one yeah. i want to see a lot more often because that was awesome and amazing and like I, i'm not i'm kind of not putting the blame on her this match a little bit like i know it takes two to tango but i to me i i'm not going to blame lufisto kind of what happened with this match because as you said it just the circumstances given i think she did as best as she could and i think she yes. really showed out in toronto of hey like she did exactly what i'm saying like sorry wrecked you hey lufisto realized she kind of had not so great of a match here she had probably one of the best matches in the Toronto show that I enjoyed because she went back, fixed, learned to see what she needed fixed and fixed it. And I hope Sawyer Rec could do that because still her future is so bright and she's still so over with the crowd where she could – this ain't going to hurt her at all. It's just, our, it's just us nope. two people nope. just making, as you said, uh, commentary on something that we observed. And it's nothing bad, nothing horrible, nothing great either. It's just our opinions. My opinion sucks. <laughs> I know. No, I mean, like I said, I just wanted to tell the truth. This match was not for them. Lufisto, I put up there with quite a few Hall of Famers. Every now and then I've seen a bad Hall of Famer do a match. Go watch some old Jake the Snake. There, There's some shit one yeah. there. Ric Flair always, always, always delivers. See, I can't use him as an example, <laughs> but I'm sure there are a couple stinkers from Ric Flair, too, where he just didn't connect with whomever that night. Yeah. And they just go, well, you know what? Fuck it. Okay, so speaking of women hardcore i don't know if you've noticed i I tried to maybe i don't know if i retweeted it or not but mickey knuckles yeah i saw that lufisto dude she wants in the tos 
I've, I've, she's tough. Mickey Knuckles is tough as fuck. And like I said, she could be Allie Catch's mom. I, I wouldn't tell the dude, they look so much like they would be related in some way. You see it in the face, you see it in the hair. The attitude is even very similar. I'd like to see her in. Honestly, she could roll with any man at any time. I've seen her do it. She is tough as fuck. Did you see the recent thing with her getting that getting that piece of uh, glass taken out of her leg? Yeah, that was a giant shard too. <laughs> yeah, she she basically got that in her leg, wrapped it up, and finished the match. Fucking yeah. trooper. Uh, she's tough, absolutely tough. I haven't seen a lot of her, but some of the, like oh. the gifts I see, but after some of her matches that she had, like yeah, she's. She'll take some crazy bumps uh, in the other companies that I've seen her wrestle in. I don't so, know, TOS. You I... don't know much about her, though? Not too much, no. Okay, so there's kind of a famous thing out there with her and I believe it's Ian Rotten. They were together for the longest time back in the day. And you know Ian's reputation being what it is. So there was a spot over in IWA where there was a guy that popped Mickey Knuckles in the forehead during a hardcore match and she was just getting ready to go. I forget where, but she got a major signing and I don't know why they booked her in a hardcore match if they were trying to protect her face for TV, but they did. And so this guy kind of was a little rough on her and she got mad and started really beating on him during this hardcore match. You should look this up. This is a famous incident. And so a lot of these guys came from the back and started kind of work, but shoot, beating the shit out of him during this show it's nasty i mean it's real nasty and it really shouldn't have went down and shouldn't have happened and in any other situation the cops would have been called i don't know how long that guy's career was after that match happened like this is something you really should look up for history purposes especially for deathmatch so fast forward a little bit ian is now banking on his girlfriend at the time mickey getting another huge deal this is later on down the road and she goes for a spot in an independent show and breaks her leg i mean completely breaks her leg and you can see when she picks up her leg you can see the knee and everything below that literally shift and i I think she pulls it and you see the entire leg 90 degrees like uh turned back into its spot and you can you can hear her going my leg is fucked my leg is fucked like you can hear it like in the gymnasium and he's like no like he was really yeah so after ian pulled some bullshit i almost you know i felt like this this was ian getting his shit back what like he was getting some karma back this is a deep deep story i don't know you know i should i don't know i don't like i said the whole death match scene i just i just really am in the current i don't know too much about the past like i said i wanted to watch it that's what i was gonna ask that that mickey knuckles when she broke her leg what company was that in Ooh, is that CZW? Or did she ever wrestle for CZW? I don't know. Oh, that's a great that's a great question. So I remember watching like uh like someone sent me like five different twenty minute CZW compilations of crazy moves and shit. And that's where I'm like five minutes in, I'm like how I felt when I first watched GCW with all the craziness and stuff. And I did see though like one spot where like someone like totally snapped their leg like at the knee. Like it was more the knee, not the like lower leg and stuff. So and it, it wasn't it was, a, it. it was a it was a female wrestler too. So that's why I didn't know if like that might that have been, been it. it if that was it or not. Cause I remember watching that one. That's the one spot that sticks out to me right now. And I'm like, oh that's a bad injury. Like that's too crazy. Like I don't want to see that shit. Oh yeah. 
Okay, so I believe here, let me make sure I have this right. Yes. So let me make sure this is correct here. I'm trying to see if this is it. Mm, I'll have to find something for you later. There's video of it, but it's basically like some backyard shit. It looks like CZW and he's just too rough on Mickey. And this guy comes out or uh, Ian comes out and him and a bunch of wrestlers just kick the shit out of this dude. And it's not good. None of it's good. And um, it is partially. Sorry. You found it. Yeah. No, I, I didn't find that one. I found the, the lake break that I was talking about. And it wasn't was uh, that it? it wasn't C, uh, CZW. That was IWA Mid-South. Okay. I think I've seen that 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 happened. I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Obviously, that was her or anything. Okay, so what you're looking for is Mickey Knuckles versus Mike Levy, L E V Y. Okay. Mickey no, Knuckles should I watch this now Mike or later? Uh, you can you can watch it whenever you. We're just okay. sitting here bullshitting why the recording's going, so it's okay. But no, I think no, I'll no, check no, it out fine, later really. just for the time you of can, the if you recording. <laughs> <laughs> well, the point is, is that they basically just start laying into him and busting on him. And then before you know it, he's fucked up. He's bloody like they're beating him around the ring and telling him he should lay down and take it. He'll never be in the industry again and blah, blah, blah. And what was the name again? The other name? Um, uh, Mike Levy, L-E-V-Y. OK, I got it bookmarked for later. Yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a 10 minute and a half video. So I guess if anybody wants to check it out, that'd be a great <laughs> little video to watch. It's done by somebody. I don't know the person. I'm not even saying that they're great or whatnot. But this video kind of sums up the whole drama on him because there have been issues with Ian Rotten for, well, now decades. He's the one that. uh He's the one that had the company that he wasn't going to pay his performers. Yeah, yeah. So that's where the uh, the heavyweight title ended up being a sash. Yeah. They lit it on fire. Uh, Jake Christ. Yeah. So anyway, I just wanted to say, though, I would like to see her in because she's earned her stripes over the years. She is badass. And um, I don't know how many occasions I've seen where she's been fucked up and just goes on. Yeah. I want to see this go kind of just going back to this match, bringing it back. I would like to see Lufisto and sorry, Rick, if they're going to have another match, just cut out the bullshit. They need to just, redo this. I think they need cut to out the bullshit. This. Just bring out the weapons. Just start off hot and go weapons because I, that's what Sawyer's Sawyer Rex bread Sawyer and butter is. is. That's, yeah. that's all it is. She's not, she's, she's yeah. I I'm trying to, I'm trying to censor myself almost, but she just, she's good for death match, man. Yeah, everybody can kill me over this on Twitter. This is my my opinion, you know, because we each have our own opinions. I'm just saying, I think I think death death matches are the way for Sawyer Rec to go because anything outside of that, I mean, death matches uh, fit her look. Yeah, and I didn't know Lufisto could go like how she did with Reno. So like knowing that that's in Lufisto, I definitely want to see that ran back with Sawyer Rec in that kind of uh, match. For our third match of the evening, it is a tag team match. I'm not even going to say the name. I'll let you say the names. I saw the French. I'm done. Le Tabernacle, the team. It basically just means Team Tabernacle. That's I still would have messed it up. No, it's okay. It just um here here. Let's do this real quick. Watch this. There's the team. We're having real fun tonight, guys, aren't we? Okay, Team T A B A R N A K. Team Tabernacle. There you go. Well, that wasn't that's even really version. that scared me. It's the names after that. So that's why I was like, you could do that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so for our third match of the evening. Okay, so for our third match of the evening was a tag team match. We had Team Tabernacle with Mathieu St. Jacques 
and Thomas Dubois versus Los Macisos, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo. So once again, beautiful video package. The match really seemed important. And just what else can I say about it? Really, the video package is what really did it this whole time. It uh, it brought a little drama to the fight. Otherwise, we just see four guys walk out and we're going to let them create the drama in the ring. So thank you for that video package. Heel Macisos, I was really intrigued to watch this dynamic because Macisos generally aren't heels in GCW. TDT came out to heavy cheers. I'm excited to see these two. TDT is Team Tabernacle for those who hadn't had a chance to check it out. Scarlet is here to ref. I'm with Veda. She's an awesome ref. I mean, you we've said it a couple times. I just want you to throw your two cents in there too. You agree? She's Yeah, I like good I said. I uh last time when we were talking about senior officials and stuff like that, I think Yes. Yeah. Uh I if I had to pick one GCW referee, I'd I'd pick Scarlet because it doesn't matter what the situation calls for, she either can make herself part of the match and do whatever's needed or she, she's invisible and that's what you want from a referee is not to be in the ring messing up anything. So I went ahead and did a real rundown on this match. So if anybody wants to be told a story, go ahead and relax for a minute because I'm going to tell you one. So here we go. Both men are face-to-face talking shit. The bell rings and they start out hot. TDT uh, cleared the ring quite early. Minute one, TDT go for double topes and Macisos throw chairs at their heads. The fight is on in the outside of the ring early. Blitzgreen also is uh, working at this time, thank goodness. Minute two, Macisos take over. Machu is isolated. They're gaining heat for teaming up on him and using dirty moves. Minute three, Dubois comes in and gets a vicious slam by Miero. Dubois is a big boy. I just I put that in my notes. I'm really a big fan of the big guys, obviously. Ciclope is pissing off the fans, and I loved watching it. Minute four, Dubois with double DDTs into double lariats from the top rope into a release Northern Lights. Um, individually on both Macisos. Then a TDT hits double topes. This is very busy. Minute five, and Dubois brings a door out. Oh, Dubois holds up Miedo so a 10-year-old fan can hit two wicked shots at him straight to the face. I loved it. I'm guessing you saw it too, right? That kid with his mean left hooks. Yeah, I, I loved getting the kid involved, obviously. with the <laughs> My kid's been involved in a match too. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that. that's a fun spot. That's going to be a... Uh, lifetime memory for that kid. I still say at some point we need to have a kid on commentary again. That was so much fun to hear. Um, minute six, a door was propped in the ring. Ciclope was put through a table. Not a fan of cut tables, but it's about safety and that's fair. So we'll stop there for a second too. I'm going to complain, but I'm also not going to complain because I'm old enough to understand, but all the tables except for a few were cut. You saw that, right? To be honest, no, I didn't. I was like, I actually had Check the opposite. Out. All of them except for a couple. When I saw it, I actually had the opposite thought. I was like, whoa, those are pretty thick tables. That's going to be rough. And I was like, after the whole incident with the one table with Joey Janela, I was like, I thought, I, I mean, that makes sense. Now. If they did cut it, so that way that doesn't shit doesn't yes. happen again, which is I'm fine with it. But I didn't, I didn't even notice. I did not see like yeah. a certain cut on it or anything. <laughs> yeah, this is me being a nerd. So I've quote unquote, I've seen it all, which, you know, I haven't, but I'm looking for shit like that. And yeah, about 85 to 90% of the tables and this show had cuts where the table would break uh, a little easier. So that's why you didn't see anyone really laid across the table during this match. It would have folded the table completely. Yeah, no, just, no, just no, so I, you know. that I, I usually can tell with that, but I didn't, I could not tell that. So yeah, that's a great catch. Yeah, check, I didn't check, notice. Check I them out if you're watching. Yeah. Um, now I'm going yeah, to. Check, yeah, for sure. So uh, TDT was stretching Macisos in the ring with double submissions and fans were really loving this match. 
Minute seven, another table comes in. Miedo hits an awesome crossbody that goes right through Matthew's body. Macisos takes control momentarily in minute eight until Matthew comes in the ring, fighting both Macisos and takes over. Minute nine, another table propped in the ring. Mestizos hit the electric chair on Matthew. Dubois breaks up the pin with a top rope moonsault. Said this before, long legs look great on flips. I don't have a better way to put it, but I've said this before. Long legs look great on flips. When you have somebody out there who's really tall and they do a flip or something like that, long arms and long legs always look great. The ganglier, the better. Minute 10, chairs are in the ring. Ciclope with a nasty top rope curb stomp as Miedo held Dubois in place. Minute 11, another table up in the corner. TDT take over and sends Ciclope through that table. Minute 12, Miedo is held up as Matthew hits him with a chair. This match feels like a rowdy brawl. I was 100% invested in this. Uh, Macisos locked in double submissions and they end up tapping out. So our winner in this match was Team Tabernak and... That's the second loss in a row for Ciclope and Miedo. They're in the spot right now of putting people over as they're on their way to maybe go take it easy for a while. So I'm, I'm happy they fulfilled this date. I was worried they wouldn't because of injury, you know? And they just got announced for another match at the Collective, I saw. They're doing like a Team GCW. Wow. I think they were on Team GCW going against Team DDT, if I remember. I think that was today. Really? Yeah. I saw I saw them announce for a match today. Could be maybe it was a retweet and it happened a couple of days ago when I missed it. Um right. but yeah, I didn't know that they were on the collective. Even at, I the only one one match I knew was like the brother versus brother match, and that was for the world on Lucha. Um yeah, when I first saw TDT, I didn't know what to expect. They had matching shirts. I liked them. Um, <laughs> I knew that was coming. But uh, no, for real, like, that was another thing. I was like, okay, and there were big boys. I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. Yes. Hopefully it is kind of, uh, like you said, a Haas kind of battle with those two. And I enjoyed them. I like the Lumberjack mm-hmm. look. I like they seemed like to be the menacing type. They stayed in that character the entire time. They're strong. Like, they were good they could do the strong moves they could do the high flying moves they did a little bit hardcore with the tables and stuff not uh not too much of the other fuckery but for los macisos match that's a pretty easy and chill night without any light tubes and all that stuff and i like this team i would like to see team ddt in the gcw ring again and those for los macisos losing i that made total sense to me um just because of oh okay i see the cut now First table I saw. Um, uh-huh. On yeah, the side, yeah, I didn't see it. Like yeah. Yeah. On the two two sides in the middle. Um, so they are, they are on safety. Yeah, I yeah. Get that. And that's perfectly fine. You still get the same effect. Like, doesn't look... Yeah. It all looks bad, as you said, unless, like, somebody laid on it and it fell before anything happened. Then that's when it looks pretty cheesy. Uh, okay, so I'll step in just for a second here. For any company who does that, what you're going to want to do is put some masking or some duct tape over the area you cut so it doesn't look like a cut. You're welcome. <laughs> That's it. All they had to do was put a little tape over that area so it wouldn't look like there was a cut there. It would have just looked like a taped up area. And then if you put a couple other little pieces of duct tape on the table, it just looks like somebody stuck some shit to the table. Yes, I didn't even notice it until now I'm looking for it. Yep, that's, that's all a good you got. Thing, well, once it wasn't too bad. Once... Yeah, exactly. I was like, what, it wasn't too bad. Obviously, I went a whole show not noticing, but as you said, you were about to say, I think you notice it once and boom, it's going to be there the that's rest it. of the night. Yep. Exactly. Um, so, I'm, I'm just saying, though, that's that's the trick around that is you could basically just put some tape over that. Nobody'd know any better. Yeah. Uh, 
Los Pacisos losing, though, made complete sense to me. I think they obviously need to give uh, Team IWS yeah. a victory somewhere throughout the show. And for a team that's just recovering from losing the tag uh, tag team titles, and as we said, who knows what their future holds, if it's going to lead to break or singles um, competition. Also, or I want to mention still something, speaking of their way back up to the bottom and work as a tag um, team. Um, this <laughs> pretty much makes sense. Red I'm kind of glad, like I said, I like the. Okay. I really much like okay. the team of. Uh, I gotta go back the to team TDT, and I want to see them <laughs> wrestle against another tag team. And okay. I just, okay. I just okay. go back to Shane just... Mercer. Like that's another match. I want to see like Mercer be involved with these people. Maybe another Haas. Like I, I act the mm-hmm. I put bring in Axon Ray and Shane Mercer again to go against these two, and oh, I think it would be a fun. I want that to be our team. Like our our um. Oh shit! Who's the guys from the '80s? Like. Like just the team that just comes out and wrecks, you know, just somebody like that. I'd like to see him, you know, just put the shoulder pads on with the spike. The road wires. Oh, I'll take the road. Uh. Wires. That would be <laughs> I was, I was thinking of them or uh, I'm trying to think of the other guys. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed now because I love them too. And I'm like, oh yeah, what's their name? Yeah. That's, that's being that age. I um, think this was a great, the great match. So I, I like the, the quality was high up there. In my opinion, I, this was one where I, I felt stepped yeah. up with the fuckery and the quality of the match. I was like, okay, this is what it's going to be about the rest of the show. It's going to get nice and fun. And, and so far with all these IWS wrestlers, looks like every single one of them could go. And that made yeah. me excited. Like I got more excited to see who else in I team IWS could wrestle. Cause we already know most of all, uh, everyone that was wrestling for GCW, we've seen them go at their highest level and to see someone else that it's brand new to me for the first time, make their debut in my eyes at a high level uh, was exciting to, to hope for, for the rest of the night. Yeah. My thoughts are, I would like to see team Tabernacle maybe come over to GCW, do some hardcore matches but if it wasn't hardcore, they would still fit in for a couple of shows at GCW anytime. They have a fantastic upside. They were a mature in-ring tag team. They didn't look lost. They look like they've worked with each other plenty of times. Yeah. I don't know. Like I'd... a veteran team for sure. Yeah. And when you if you're gonna have a tag team, why not have a complete tag team? So I mean, these are guys that I would love to see back again. Maybe give them a chance in the United States, get them away from that poutine and get them on a nice cheeseburger. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> The onion mix, <laughs> hot dog, bacon wrapped hot dog. <laughs> I wanted to mention it, and I've never mentioned it before about Lufisto. Okay. Online, especially on Twitter, she has been online talking about how she was unhappy with herself and she's been losing a lot of weight and working her ass off. I wanted to just mention it before I forgot, because I've forgotten to mention it before, that she's been kicking ass and I'm behind her 100%. I've had to lose large amounts of weight before and it's not easy. And then when you get down to that level where you're close to your real body weight, it's even harder to lose weight. So I just wanted to say that she really was feeling shitty about herself and really decided to uh, put in the work and work hard. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that um, she's doing great out there and um, keep it up. And for someone who was inducted last year for the independent wrestling, like the Hall of Fame, like for someone who got that big honor could easily just rest on their laurels, call it like just rest on whatever they are known to do and not continue to work hard and better themselves. And she's uh, gotten in way better shape now than she did, as you said, back then. And she's, you could tell the hard work is uh, very noticeable as the time, more time's gone away from the independent, the hall of fame show. You could definitely see the improvement there. And yeah, absolutely. She's killing it. And uh, like I said, I'm, I didn't mind that match too much. The story wreck. Yeah, there was the botch, but like I said, I'm not kind of blaming her, but her, after her match with Rena, like I was, 
I, I was like kind of getting Lou Fisto. Let's get her into more GCW matches because that look that match with Rena was incredible. And if that's what like that was the best match I've ever actually seen her have in like this form. Not going back and watching old tapes. Like from what I've seen with her, that was her best match she had, and it was super fun. And I can't wait to talk about it because it was a uh, very entertaining in Toronto. Okay, so. I will just mention here that in the end of this thing, there was still a happy ending between all these bad guys. All men hugged at the end. They raised their hands. It was performance level. So, of course, they did what you would see people in the theater do. They all held hands, raised them up, did their bow. I actually felt a little spin after that match. Like, I appreciate when that happens. These guys had built so much tension, and I even felt like I'm writing notes it's hard for me to be fully invested. Sometimes I was fully invested in this thing. And the last minute you could just like, it just cooked. Like it felt so good. And um, yeah, IWS chance from the crowd. Uh, oh yeah. Before I forget, did you see Emil ask for love for GCW? And yeah. Booed the shit out of him. Yeah. That, 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 he was loving doing that too. You could see he loved doing that. And that's what made it like territorial for me. It's like, oh, okay, these uh now we really in GCW have to win every single match because now they got they won one match, well two, I guess two in a row. Uh now they're on their shit talking ways. We gotta we gotta even the score back up. I really wish they would kinda add like a little scoreboard to these kind of things to kind of keep track of team GCW and versus team IWS or even like back in Survivor Series when they used to do like brand versus brand i'd like to just see the if you're going to do something like cross promotion like that keep a little ticker up top with uh who's one and how many matches okay so before i forget there was the spinning gcw in the bottom right hand corner i like that yeah that's a cool one that i did make a note of that earlier and i totally did. i just erased it in my notes yeah. I, you did your thing yeah how it switches from logo to logo to the little watermark at the bottom and i'm not 100 percent against maybe keeping the match time at the bottom if not for me for others <laughs> for you so that way oh my god it would be so much easier for me to do this without having a timer and looking down and looking down and pausing to do this and then oh shit i forgot to turn off the timer when i pause the fucking video and then you know i pause the fucking timer and then i go back and i hit play on the fucking video and then i forgot to fucking hit you know play oh god yeah it's a whole <laughs> fucking mess trust me if they would just put it in there i I'll pay eight ninety nine a month for the dollar. I'm going that route, bro. Yeah, I'll go eight ninety nine for a timer. And the GCW spinning logo stays. I like the spinning logo. That yeah, was pretty. I, d- I did like it because it showed off both companies' uh, thing, and it just made it feel more interpromotional and uh, like there was something actually on on the line here between the two companies. Oh, and because I'm a sucker for this shit, you know what else I like? I like the on GCW merch. They had those tie dye GCW shirts. I picked up one a while back. Those things are freaking awesome. I got I one. If you have a chance to check out I multicolor. Got, yeah, I got it. The oh, tie-dye you got one from the package. Yes. Oh, that's why I ended up buying that. That's right. I got all yeah. oh, those are fucking awesome. And then I went online and they were selling them a month or two later. And yeah, I went and picked one up because I liked it so much. I was going to wear it one day, too, and I haven't because it's not like long enough for me because I'm a tall, tall guy. Fuck it. Yeah, I, sometime I, when I'm sitting down here, I'll wear it. I actually have been waiting on my last Patreon package. And Brett, yeah, let's do something. You know what? Here I actually hit up Patreon because I haven't gotten anything since I was a game changer in about three months or so. I was about to say it's been. I think I haven't gotten anything since this new year, other than no, actually, yeah, I can't tell you the last thing I got. It's been that long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll well, we'll get that uh, figured out, Patreon. Well, now you know what I was talking about when I was speaking of a bacon wrapped hot dog. <laughs> 
This has been a very interesting show so far. It's good we're comfortable. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. For our fourth matchup of the evening, it is a beer bash match. And it is Matt Falco going against the one called Manders. And to me, this was one of the most enjoyable matches of the night. I loved mm-hmm. Manders getting this kind of match, the spotlight in Canada, and watching him in this uh, beer bash match was uh, fun and different. And that's what I loved about actually this whole show. As I've seen, like each, each match you can see is totally different than the others. And it's been a fun show up until this point. And this match like i said i put this up there as one of my favorite matches of the night just because how different it was okay so what i really loved was seeing big american manders raise his hands in canada while bon jovi's playing like it was just so american like i was just waiting for baked beans to fall out of his shirt or something like it could not get more american um i've never seen matt falco before he's built at 6'6 and 240 so i'm really looking forward to that it's a big boy Before the bell, Manders hit Falco from behind. Fans hate him. It's obvious. He's talking shit with them. He's doing everything he can to get heat, and it's working. Falco found a keg underneath the ring and hit Manders with it. Beer number one comes out. He gives it to the ref. He. Matt gives it to the ref. He hits a suplex on Manders while drinking his beer, and the ref gives it back to him. Manders says, fuck IWS about 30 seconds later, and the crowd did not like that at fucking all. Minute three, Manders grabs beer number two, hits Falco with a nasty chair and chokes him with it. Minute four, Manders props the keg in the corner. (laughs) He tells the crowd, your boy couldn't lace my goddamn boots to save his life. Manders eventually gets thrown into the keg. Minute five, of course, we get again for Manders GCW baby, which they did not like. Falco still hits a fallaway slam, then goes for beer number three. There were 10 shots to Manders' chest, and then basically Falco picks him up, drinks a beer, puts it right into a slam. Minute six, chairs are being thrown in the ring. Two mini kegs were also being brought out. So Mander knows his ponies, so this may be his downfall. Falco building the chairs and put the pony kegs on both of those chairs. Manders hits a low blow and throws Falco onto the kegs. Manders beer number four now has gone down Falco's mouth, which I didn't think was very nice. Minute eight, Manders hits a nasty lariat. I'm a big fan of Hanson's lariat, so that was kind of cool to see. I hope that stays as a... I'd like to actually see that as a finisher for Manders. It just seems fitting. Yeah, I I agree with you. Right? Um, Minute nine, Manders sets up a table in the ring. Both grab a keg, like as a chair, and they sit down at the table, and we officially have a drinking contest. The fans are yelling, chug, chug. Beers number five through 11, they end up just getting thrown at each other. Beer is being wasted everywhere. It fucking breaks my heart. Minute 11, Falco and Manders are on the top rope. Falco hits the avalanche choke slam on the table below for the win. That, again, is our winner then, Matt Falco. For this match, I enjoyed it for what it was, and I was just really happy what both men did. I think they'll be happy with what they did in the long haul. I'd love to see him go again. It was fun. It felt a little different than the Rob shit uh, Kid Osborne match. That's for sure. Whereas every single pinfall, they had a oh shit, had, yeah. a, had a drink and <laughs> chug. So I did like the pacing, uh, the way they spread it out during this match. But as you said, it was a fun, different matchup than what we've already seen in the uh, first couple matches and the pre-show. And I'm just glad Manders was able to uh, go, just like Alec Price, how he was able to go to Canada with the the normal that we call the kind of like the GCW uh, regulars and. Put on a fun match up in uh, 
in Montreal. Like I said, I didn't know much about IWS, but if this is the way their shows kind of normally are, I I was I gave Rome my note. I might have to start checking them out, but I don't know where to find them. I don't know if they're on uh, IWTV or whatnot. So that's something I will look up because these matches have been diff- totally different, and that's what I really love about GCW, how they're all kind of different matches, and we definitely have seen it up until this point, and especially with the next match, we kind of get a more traditional uh, one-on-one wrestling match, but... The fuckery and the creativeness with all the fuckery that's happened in these first four matches, I definitely enjoyed. And uh, Matt Facco, he's a tall, tall one. Like, he looked mm-hmm. like maybe he just looked tall because his legs for me, but uh, Manders is not short and he was kind of towering over Manders there for quite a bit of this match. Okay, so I'm kind of looking up here. I think, let's see what it says here. It says you can watch IWS Hardcore on. No, I don't want to sign in. Just where can I see it? It says Fightnet UK, USA, Europe, and Canada. So I guess Fightnet is the way to go. And let's see what else here. RDS. I guess that would be a Spanish, or I'm sorry, a French-speaking sports company. So if anybody wants to check them out, it looks like they're on Fightnet. So there we go. Um, I'm going to have to check them out. Yeah, I de- I'm with you. I definitely want to check them out because I the wrestlers all seem to be good workers, too. And... um. Like I said, I love the variety of it. There's not much of the mm-hmm. same kind of looking characters. They all are acting differently. They all have different styles. And I've been enjoying what IWS has definitely provided um, in this uh, GCW versus IWS card so far tonight. That will lead us into the fifth matchup of the evening with a little bit more familiar names as Speedball Mike Bailey goes against Green Go Loco. And that is... I don't know if this is a first-time ever match. I can't remember if they made a note of it or not, but I can't remember these two kind of ever facing off in GCW. Uh, even if they have, I was this was one of the matches I was really looking forward to the most of the night because obviously I kind of know both of the names, and uh, I really think that both competitors, especially Gringo Loco being the base god and Mike Bailey's high-speed uh, maneuvers, I, w- I thought this was going to be a great matchup, and it was probably overall re- just straight... In ring work, I think it was the best matchup of the night for me. Huh. So I was just going to let you know that there was a matchup between Bailey and Gringo at Wrestling Revolver, um, the middle of last year, roughly. The only other time that I had seen either of them in the ring together was Speedball versus Ninja Mac versus Gringo Loco at uh, Demand Lucha. So. That's all I have on that. I, I gotta watch more know. Demand Lucha. Like, they actually follow followed uh, the podcast a couple, uh, like right when they first started. I thought, which was pretty cool. But oh, I, no kidding! Yeah, and that's I think that's the Gringo Local promotion that I was talking about that I do want to check out a lot more because uh, they've got some pretty big matchups. And yeah, I totally missed the Gringo versus Speedball and that that company. So that is another company I know on IWTV. I will definitely be checking out here soon. So here we go, baby. Gringo is out first. I um, I will mention I love the amount of bass that comes across on audio for the IWS show. You can hear a small of like a small amount of bass thump, and also I can hear the crowd better. I know there's so many good things going on, but I've noticed a couple times. And and again, I know we're kind of in a in an echo chamber here because we're all you know have hardcore fans. There's a lot of people sometimes it'll be like, oh, you know what? The GCW crowd's kind of quiet or they're kind of dead. No, quite the opposite. I think what we need to do when we get the chance is maybe mic the crowd just a little better and maybe bring them up in the audio because 
I'll go to quite a few shows and I'm like, oh yeah, we were so hype. And then I get home and watch it and I'm like, it does not seem as hype at all. And that really misses out, like the fans miss out at home. And also the product looks inferior in that point because it sounds like the crowd isn't into it when trust me, we are. So I just wanted to mention that because those are two things I could take from this is when I'm listening to this with headphones on my headphones are like, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. And then, of course, I could hear the crowd. I felt like I was there a lot more than usual. I didn't feel like I was listening from like a microphone over by commentary. I felt like the microphone was a lot closer or within the crowd somewhere. And that is what I like. I'm just trying to okay. think of. Sorry, real fast. Oh, not this show. No, 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 no. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, oh, okay, it's so the you... Toronto show I was thinking of, where the the commentary was literally like on stage, just off to the left. You could see them just kind of sitting there behind a the table watching it, pretty much from the stage. And as you said, like you can see the wrestlers walk right back and forth, right in front of the yeah. <laughs> in front of the commentary as everything was happening. And it's like LA, where you can see guys just kind of yeah. walking back and forth. I like it. I honestly do. Because even though GCW has that big fight feel, they've got that good sized crowd. You still have, you know, people walking around and just being normal. I love it. Okay. So Speedball comes out to a Hogan level. Welcome back to IWS. I like seeing Bailey happy in his home territory. He had a genuine smile on his face and that makes me smile. It's like when a baby laughs with a good genuine, you know, belly laugh, it makes you laugh too. It's just a good, genuine smile shows. Bailey was in his Sub-Zero inspired gear. Speaking of Mortal Kombat gear, like we did the night before. And I've never you know, caught these. Now I'm going to start noticing. Yeah, yeah. I never caught the Scorpion. You, you see it? You uh, see now it, I see then. the sub I've always kind of noticed the Sub-Zero a little bit, but I never noticed the Scorpion. And yeah. shit, that makes sense now with this Twitch channel and everything. I, that's something that I need to start paying more attention to. Oh, man. And I'm hoping he gets a Reptile one because I'm a green fan. So maybe he'll get a Reptile for the green. Um, all right. So Gringo's outfit reminds me of paint that's thrown in the beginning of the in living color show from the nineties. Do you remember in living color from the nineties? Oh yeah. Okay. So I know, I know we're showing our age a little more here, but in the beginning of the show, they're like playing with paint and throwing yep. it around. That's what it reminds me of. And then the other part of it, it looks like splatter paint from the eighties. I, so I just kind of wanted to mention it. And I think he was saving that outfit for his first match with Gringo. Cause that's our job uh, by Kingo. Cause that was the first time I ever seen him where, that outfit, if I'm not mistaken, because I remember it, it showed out. To, it stood out to me during that match. I was like, "Whoa, Gringo's got a very colorful outfit." So that must have been I the love first it. time I've noticed it. And it was, I thought he was saving like that outfit for the big matches against my King mm-hmm. go against Speedball. So I kind of like how he has like a kind of like how Tiger Woods on his Friday on, on the Sundays when uh, he would be in the final round of like a major or something like that. He bust out the red tee and like, "Oh shit, it's the serious Tiger Woods yeah, now." And I feel yeah. like this now with Gringo. Every time I see the rainbow, it's like, "Oh shit." Gringo's on top of his game here. He's going to put on a great matchup against a great competitor. And that's what I look forward to now. Oh, dude, this thing was crazy. Both started out very quick. They're showing off their speed. They're both interacting with the crowd a whole hell of a lot. I've been proud of GCW being a heel all night. They've done a really good job. It was almost like they had an agreement beforehand. Look, they really don't like us. Let's keep it up. Just let's keep it going. And if they start to just quiet down on us a little bit, tell them to fuck off again. And and it worked every time somebody was interacting with the crowd here. The crowd was definitely interacting back. They were really loud. So a minute really uh, passed before both really decided to get down to business. It was a lot of a feeling out process. Gringo does heal almost immediately, so he hits that double handspring, which or the head spring, which always looks good. You know, he's showing off 
he does the boom, yeah boom there's the a back. little dance yeah and he does a little yeah yeah so he was doing that i actually did the dance he saw me kind of i forgot yeah. who it was just yeah. recently kind of did his shit and he was like hey motherfucker that's my moves don't be stealing my shit i loved it <laughs> so uh minute two speedball knocks gringo to the outside of the ring he goes for a head scissors gringo catches it and gringo slams him into the metal barriers it looked really nasty Minute four, Gringo hits an inverted angle slam. I'm unsure if I've ever really seen that before out of Gringo, uh, but he is taking his time with Mike. Anytime Bailey tries to come back, it's usually getting stopped at this point in the match. Minute five, we have fuck you loco chants that are coming from the crowd. Gringo hits a top rope jumping cutter on Bailey that looked really good. Minute six, Bailey comes back with a missile drop kick that starts to soften Gringo. Speedball hits a shooting star press. Minute seven, Speedball is primarily taken over the match. Gringo rolls out. He catches Bailey's foot and shoves Bailey into the guardrail, which turns into minute eight. Bailey repositioned himself and was able to turn Gringo's slide into an acai moonsault from the top rope to the floor. Minute nine, Bailey sweep Gringo, sweeps Gringo's feet from the apron, and he misses the double knees on Loco as Loco rolls out of the way. You know what I'm talking about? Those double knees he yep. does on the apron, the band. Totally missed those things. Gringo knocks Bailey off of the apron and hits a tope onto him. Both men are down on the outside of the ring for just a short amount of time. Minute 10, Bailey looks mad. He's actually got his heel face on for a minute there. He did not look very happy. He gets right in Gringo's face. Loco hits a standing Spanish fly from the top rope. Minute 11 speedball uh, are both actually both of them are on the apron. Gringo has Bailey on his shoulders. He hits a base bomb onto the apron, which was a sick fucking move. Minute 12, both men are down. They honestly deserved a break for a minute. So it was really nice to have minute 13. They're back at it. They're in the ring. Bailey hit a penalty kick onto Gringo's chest and he's down. And then eventually both get back onto the top rope. Bailey reverses a Gringo gut wrench power bomb into a Rana to get himself out of that move. Minute 15, Bailey tornado kick. He misses the Ultimo weapon. Gringo does for a, goes for a roll up. Bailey victory roll for two. Gringo catches a handspring into a handspring driver, I believe. Minute 16, let's go Gringo and Gringo sucks chant. Basically, Gringo has started to win over fans. It took this long, but talent shows. So they don't care if they don't like him or not. Talent shows. And he was really wowing the crowd a lot. Um, Bailey was in the base bomb position on the second rope and turns it into a poison Rana and then into a super kick minute 17 Bailey hits the Ultima weapon for three. That gives us our winner in his home territory, Mike Bailey. Oh, that was a lot to read and a lot to breathe. And that was a very fun match. As you said, a lot of action going on the entire time, which is typical of both competitors. Um, Gringo just once again shows how incredible he really is. I think he's, kind of not gets forgotten on all these and how good he is when he's thrown in these scramble matches and these lucha stuff. But as we've talked about, I think he needs to go for like the extreme title or JCW title like soon because Mm -hmm. he's been killing it. And he's one of those wrestlers that hasn't gotten a title shot, even though he's been busting his ass for these last couple of years and all these different kinds of matchups and whatever's called for, uh, called for the situation for him. And he's hit home runs every single time. And just like how speedball did. And this was another example where both men had a great match. And I'm, as you said at the beginning, I loved how over speedball was with the crowd. And he, that, that was nice. Cause I don't know when, like, I know he was not stuck there for a while, but like he was wrestling out there for the longest time and to take a couple of years off and come back was uh, very cool to see the crowd react the way they did for him. Yeah, it was a fantastic match. I was really happy with all of it. 
and I was again happy that Gringo was able to win over the crowd. He still went over. Bailey still won. Like everything about it was really well done. Yeah, because I, I, you had all the spots in the match, which was perfect, and it was a great executed match. I like how uh, Speedball too has paid a little bit more details to some of his like counters and stuff like that like there's mm-hmm. one where Gringo's trying to rip him off the rope and you see him not just ring his arm around the top rope to prevent it but he did that and grabbed the second rope to for more leverage and like I just like the little visuals it makes it especially since not a lot of wrestlers do those things and pay attention to that minute of a detail I think it adds a lot more to what he's been doing lately with uh as for speedball and I just enjoy how he has kind of like he treats this as a art and a like he treats this as his life and he's been performing excellent. Obviously we always talk about the last two years, how he has not had a single bad match, but now these I'm noticing his actual little details um, that he's kind of providing to. It and it's been awesome. I, I enjoy everything speedball has been doing lately and gringo stepped up and had another incredible match. Yeah. I think it's time for gringo to start getting shots at championships. And uh, he's, he's not just a middle of the, you know, he's not just a middle of the show kind of guy anymore. Or if he is, at least you have a solid worker anywhere that you need to have one. But yeah, I want to see him elevated now. It's getting to that point. Yeah. And like he, I'm glad he is getting these pretty big matchups at the collective because um, I don't, I don't see anybody. Maybe Kota Bushi could have uh, a memorable uh, collective weekend, but speedball's got all the dream matchups man i it sucks that the will osprey got hurt because that's one match that's the match that actually made me almost go to that impact versus new japan show just because it's to see speedball and will osprey but with all the traffic and all the other shit going on around uh that time i didn't want to i'd be missing one of the other shows that i paid for already and i don't i don't really want to do that yeah. but yeah. that was one matchup that might have got me to do that but since osprey is injured they announced it's tanahashi so speedball is going against kota bushi in a blood sport match which i think is going to be so much fun to watch i would still like to see that in a regular matchup but uh that could still possibly happen down the line hopefully speedball is going against tanahashi now speedball is going against my kingo at joey janela's uh spring break and i think he's in another crazy matchup with like a like a super super good wrestler i can't th- remember off the top of my head but he's got like four marquee matchups on four different shows i think this is going to be the weekend of uh speedball and i think last year too he kind of he killed it a lot during the collective weekend but this one he could really (laughs) make himself a lot of money here with all these matchups he's doing against stars of different companies okay so follow follow me for like the 90th time ready gcw actually has an intercontinental or some kind of a belt underneath the heavyweight one and that belt could have been slapped on Mike Bailey months ago when he would have won in LA. He would have had the GCW belt on him. He would have went up to IWS and had to defend the GCW belt in his home territory against Gringo Loco. We really do need a middle area belt there somewhere because we've got so many people coming through. It would be crazy if the people who came through could possibly get a shot at the champion that night. Dude. Yeah, I kind of hope that's what they turned the JCW title into. I don't know what... There still doesn't seem to be an identity for this title yet, which is a little concerning for me. But as I said, the keyword is yet. It's only he's only defended it like three times. But I really outside outside of the fuckery, 
The two title defenses have been what I would consider perfect. It was a long match. It had a story and it was a good fight. So outside of that third one with Blake, which accomplished the heel Blake thing, the other two matches have been pretty good, right? Mance and uh, what was that second? Coglin. Yeah, I think those were both really good. Yeah, matches. the Coglin. Coglin's no slouch. Yeah, the Coglin match was, I think, the best of the title defenses so far. I feel like he's defended it one more time. I could be completely wrong. Just Blake. Just Blake. Yeah, Is that the other one. Okay, but I yeah. I do think that I that's kind of my goal. Hopefully, as you said, that gets bumped up to a little bit higher on the card and becomes, as you said, like kind of like that middle of the road one because i like how they have the gcw world title and then now you can have the jcw world title for traditional wrestlers or the gcw world title could be a hybrid as i've always said with everything but then you got also the ultra violent which i think is ahead of the extreme and then the extreme Mm -hmm. title i think of the forward belts uh singles titles in gcw i think that's probably the lowest of the four but it also as with the as we've seen the extreme title being defended in scrambles Straight up regular matches with no fuckery. Add fuckery to it. It has a lot of variations. So I do kind of like how they do have that kind of belt. Like the layout of the four belts. Like you do have like a major ultraviolet title. Then a minor uh, extreme title. Major GCW heavyweight title. Minor JCW title. I just wish. I just hope the JCW title kind of gets pumped up as you said. With a little bit higher prior or higher um showcases matches higher up the card i i review these shows and i still feel like the uv and the extreme step on each other and one of them needs to step to the middle of the road so that it can be used in regular matches we have fan i mean come on we can't we can't have commander in a match against say gringo for the for the middle whatever title that you you know ic title i call it ic because i don't know what else would be like and I see title. I mean, come on, there would be so much extra drama put into these matches that are already so good. What would happen if Vikingo had to go up against, you know, our champion? What if he held the fucking title and took it to AEW and took it around and had fun with it? And I'll be really I mean, honest with you. I thought as soon as he got signed, he within the first two matches, he'd have a title shot and win. I thought that's kind of what yep, they would do to yep. kind of entice him or to entice, not him, but his handlers, Triple A to kind of get them more uh Hopeful that he's going to be used the right way out here in the States. And I know Brett would uh, would do that to kind of help out that relationship also to get the talent that Vikingo is out here. I, I honestly real surprised he hasn't been GCW champion yet. Like I thought maybe that Gringo match or, or no, the Gringo was his third match. I still haven't seen the Joey Janela versus Vikingo. I'm still upset that I haven't really seen that on Fight TV that they said they would add. It hasn't been added yet, but uh, I'm surprised, as you said, Vikingo is not the champion because I thought for sure he would already be champion by now. Wow. Yeah, that that would be interesting. Um, so we can talk about this real quick too. The Kingo had a killer debut on AEW. Yeah. I yeah. You 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 believe in this way more than even I do. You were really I, like floored. I was going off last night on how good this match was to you specifically. I didn't want to start sending yeah. out uh, public tweets uh, at the time I did it, just in case work saw like, oh, why are you late? Oh, because you're up at <laughs> tweeting at two two in the morning watching wrestling. But um that match yeah was I, I don't want like, I don't want to go too far in it, but the my biggest takeaway is I've never seen any wrestler make a U.S. debut uh, that is a relatively unknown and absolutely kill it the way Vikingo did because his move set is already the hardest or the toughest move set 
to actually accomplish and hit every single move as he did because he's only he's the only one in the world I've ever seen connecting all these moves. So his move set's probably the most difficult, and he hit every single one of them on national TV against a wrestler known probably top five in the world. Uh, and this is like your one shot moment. I, 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 I think I told you I need some, I need D, uh, DJ Tony D to make a video of that match of highlights with Eminem lose yourself in the background because he had <laughs> one moment, one opportunity, one shot to show all those haters for the last week that have been, Whoa, there's no storyline. There's no, this, no, that like, you don't need one with Viking going against Kenny, even though there was a story. Just people didn't want to research and Google it. And I think they did a good job on screen last night laying out why this match should have been or is important um, and is happening. He he nailed it. He hit a home run. I, there's nothing else I could say. I've never seen a American televised debut from a relatively, un- I would say 95% of those fans did not know who he was or maybe saw a yes. clip or two of him. And yes, he, they're chanting Vikingo over Kenny Omega, which is kind of like the ace of uh, AEW. Like that's their biggest draw probably is that Kenny Omega being the top five wrestler in the world and Vikingo held his own with it. I think I told you the next step after seeing all those high flying stuff, the one thing we really didn't get to see that we kind of saw with Alex Zane was his ground game and how much he, how creative his ground game is and stuff. And that's one aspect I would like to see on like, if they announce for super Carver, I know it's too late and they probably won't. But I think after that, if they announce Brian Danielson versus Vikingo uh, for Ring of Honor Supercard, I'm sorry. Whatever show's happening that time, I am going to that because I want to see Vikingo show the crowd what he could really do on the ground as well to show how much of a com- complete wrestler he really is. Hmm. I, Yeah, after you hit me up, I went over. I'm like, okay, I got to see this for myself. And then it was the first match in quite a while. I was able to just turn around and watch a second or third time. No questions asked. The first time I was watching, I was really nervous for him. I'm like, please don't mess up. I'm really rooting for this guy to succeed. Like, that's what's really going on more than anything. <clears throat> and um, he did. He hit everything to what I could see perfect. And you know my eyes. I'm, I'm pretty picky on what's going on. Almost, if not everything, was exactly the way he wanted it. And... You know, if you ever watch reaction videos with people like listening to rock music for the first time or like some guy listening to rap for hip hop, it was kind of like that. It was like watching this guy be born on American TV to a huge audience and they had no idea what the fuck they were getting into. And it was really cool to watch their excitement slowly rise more and more as this move was hit. And then this move was hit and then, and everything just became more and more impressive. And it was just, yeah, it was just phenomenal. Yeah. I, like I said, that I'm really going to cherish my time at the collective, like make it a goal of mine to go talk to Vikingo, like take a picture, get something signed because I don't, after that performance, after collective, I don't think he's going to be working on some independent scenes for much longer. Even though I would still love for them to be able to do that. I think he's one of those ones where you can't take that risk. And that's why I said when he had his match against Gringo and some of the stuff that happened during that match where he was taking chair shots and landing on his head on the concrete and shit. I was like, wow, I cannot believe they're letting him take this much damage on I hate to mm-hmm. say it, like independent show where if that happened like last night on AEW, I get it. That's your like put your one shot to make an impression. So you're going to want to do everything. And I'm glad though that Vikingo never held anything back so far in all his matches at GCW. He's doing his shit like how he normally would, no matter 
how many fans are in attendance or what company it is. He goes out just like everyone else on the GCW roster, no matter the, the show or the occasion, whatever you're called upon to do. They go out there and give it 110% every single time. And that's another thing I could always respect for Brett Kingo because that's a lot of money he's gambling with on all these moves that he's performing. I hate to say it, like in front of GCW with a thousand people there at most, instead of last night, 17,000 people, nationwide audience, and getting all those eyes on him. I think that he's going to not be with us too much longer in GCW. I hate to say that, but I just realistically think that. Yeah. Any fans right now, I'm going to add him to the pile of Billy Starks and Nick Wayne. Enjoy them now. Enjoy them as much as you can. Get autographs, take pictures. Say as many nice things as you can while you can, because once they go into a bigger system, it's not as easy to get a hold of them. It's not as easy to talk to them. It might cost you seventy five dollars oh just yeah. to get a fucking hello. It was fifty I mean, at the meet the for his first GCW show in L.A. He was they were charging fifty dollars for a meet and greet for who for a Vikingo. Oh well, I, I get that too. No, yeah, absolutely. That's why, dude. That anything name you have 50. him sign and dated like at that time before he blows up big, big. You want to get it now for sure. I thought you were saying Nick Wayne for a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, no, no, no. Nick Wayne, GCW? No, uh, Vikingo. I I could do a whole show on just that match alone last night. Like, I I was blown away. That was insane. And it's not just because it was Vikingo. Well, I mean, it is Vikingo because he's the only one that can do that shit. But I I think both both of them did a very good job. And Kenny Omega pulled his best Gringo Loco impression out here and was a perfect base on everything Vikingo did. And that was a different side of Kenny Omega that we don't really see either as being kind of the base to all this shit. And he made Vikingo look like a million bucks as well. Wow. Yeah. I was going to go somewhere with something. I completely forgot. No, 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 no. I always take my notes in this one moment. I didn't take a note and I'm like, uh, but I remember what I was going to say now. Um, Okay. So last year at double or nothing, you could do a meet and greet. And it was what a hundred dollars sometimes for yeah, some of them. For that was like the lower end names. I hate to say it, like the higher okay. end names, like two fifty, three hundred. So here's what was mind blowing, is that I could pay like thirty to thirty five, maybe twenty five, twenty dollars, and see MJF and probably half of that roster at an independent show four years ago, and then a year, two, three years later, I have to spend two times that just to get a hello from a guy that I could walk up to and take a picture two or three years ago. So I know things changed, but I always thought it was way overpriced to go meet a bunch of people that you could get at a, a much lower rate just again, two, three years ago. So I know TV changes things, but some of those people, they, they didn't really change that much. So. Yeah. But you know, I mean, a look at there that aren't worth the rate. But look how much they do on an, on the independent scene, like right now. They're just pretty much always available at these shows. You could at any time yeah, walk up yeah. to them and have a conversation. So they're just valuing their time better now because they can. Other than then, like no one's going to pay. Not to say no one's going to pay, but you're limiting like kind of your popularity and your fan base when you mm-hmm. start charging like that. But for some of these bigger names, like it absolutely makes sense. Especially, I don't know if you saw the drama kind of going on with people stopping uh, uh fans stopping these wrestlers at airports and signing stuff and how it kind of came to like a big old thing earlier this week where like they stopped doing that shit like there's a proper place and time to do this if you want you don't catch them after a show at 12 in the morning as they're trying to get home and you're shoving a bunch of stuff in their faces to sign because you want to make money off of them to sell on ebay and then they say no and then you 
throw a fit and like you're entitled to do that stuff. Like you guys aren't entitled to do shit outside of any ring hours. These wrestlers are not available to you 24 seven. It just, some of them, especially on the independent scene, as we're talking about, do make themselves available, which is cool. But whenever you get to some of these wrestlers that don't, or they say no for once, you just got to sit there and do it. Don't be an asshole about it and give these wrestlers shit for it. Cause they are already risking their life for you on top of that. They don't need to make you money as well. Okay. So We'll talk about that one real quick. I got a couple different ways of looking at this, and I'm going to give you the counterpoint to what you said real quick, and then I'll, I'll go with the other side too. Um, number one, I am not a big fan of collectors who go to airports and places, you know, buy a large bulk of things, literally number them on boards and go, please, please, please give me 24 signatures because it is true that person really isn't there to get a signature from a wrestler they are there to get 25 signatures because they could make money off of them so right off the bat yes that wasn't my counterpoint but yes they're basically there trying to make money off of them so that isn't a hundred percent right my counterpoint is that if you're going to be famous don't complain about the people who love you and want you around i'm not gonna say that many more like come on Oh my God, I can't believe someone wants to come up to me at the fucking airport. You know what? You're goddamn famous. Of course, people want to come up to you at the airport. They see you on national TV. You know, they want your picture. There are people who, when they see you walk by, they know you look like a star. And then they figure out who you are later. Sometimes people come up to you because they see a crowd around you. This is stardom. If you cannot handle it, get off of TV and go somewhere else. I'm, I'm, I'm just, that's my counterpart to it. Don't bitch about success because one day no one will know who the fuck you are at the grocery store. You better enjoy it. Get those signatures out there, work your ass off. But I also understand you have the right to say no. Don't go on any media platform. If you know my opinion, don't go on there and complain about being popular, but you can complain about people trying to make money off your signatures and you tell them, hey, if there's a kid at the airport who possibly wants a hug or a signature, I'll obviously give it to him. That's a fan. But if someone comes up to me with 20 objects on a board that are all numbered, that's not the kind of thing I'm trying to do. I'm here for mainly the kids. I know this is kind of where all adults were. This is mainly for the kids when you're in the AEW atmosphere. That's what it's really for. So... Yeah, they're also allowed to pick and choose who they, you know, you know, but really it's the collectors. It's the full grown men that are like our, our age that are really fucking that up on that side. But at the same time, I say, if you have people that want your signature and want to give you attention, don't bitch because you worked hard for that. And someone worked really hard to put you there. So, yeah, I, I, I actually more act. I, I more, I'm more on the side of the person, um, of the wrestler. But I'm I'm just saying at the same time, I know some wrestlers who don't wrestle anymore, who aren't even recognized at the airport. I mean, not at the but like at the doctor's office, they're not recognized at the grocery store, and they would love to have someone come up to them and just say, "Hey." Like I said, I lost my shit one time when I got a chance to say hi to Baby Doll at, from W like the old, and she's like, "Thank you so much for remembering me." She was honored. She's like, "It was my." It's like I'm so honored that you remembered me. Thank you. It's they, you know, these are people on national TV, forgotten, completely forgotten. So you have to remember that too. Even if you're on national TV, you know, it, not everybody remembers who was on WCW 25 years ago. You know, there's a lot of people that just sunk into the backgrounds and 
quite a few of them have just real jobs now. So uh, they might want to enjoy those big paychecks and all the headaches that come with them because one day they might be working a regular job and no one could give a shit who they are. All they want is whatever it is that you're there to do for a living. I don't know. That's, yeah. a, that's a very strong opinion. I am heel as fuck. <laughs> well, let's get you off of here and get you something to get excited for. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. They just announced for Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor in LA, Vikingo. Defending the Triple A Mega Championship against another GCW oh. competitor. Really, Triple A though. Come on. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. Oh, you were going to guess. that's good. Yeah, no, that, that's get, fantastic. If I can't get Vikingo Danielson, I'll take Vikingo Commander. That that's insane. Holy shit! Oh my yes. god, yeah, God, that's. Gonna oh be my god! Please, please give them fifteen to twenty minutes to rest. Oh, I think Just they're going to give them the time. time. That's yeah. I saw that. I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> like that's insane. That's a main event. That's got to be a main event or damn close. I think it should be close or a good way to good a great opener, but who knows? Is it going? What show is it going on? Do you the know? Supercard of Honor, the LA show. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's a uh, that's cool. And the, and the, I don't know. I, I don't want to sound that's going to know it's getting late and uh, we still got a couple more matches going on. But they did yeah. kind of uh, not steal our idea or use our idea, but it's an idea we've kind of talked about. And I'm going to give you the credit for this because you're the one who came up with it. The reach for the sky ladder match as it is. What What do you mean? There's so ring of honor is doing a reach for the sky ladder match for the ring of honor tag team titles. They took Dude, your I idea. To say. Yeah, you gotta took... be fucking kidding me. Nope. I posted on Twitter. I had a whole thing on it. I was like, Hey, they reach should for do the... that. I said, reach for the sky tournament. You had the ladder match. And like my tournament was ending off in a ladder match with the two winners. Uh, to... I remember texting you and said, I uh-huh. got an idea for the name. Yep. And that, yeah, that was they took Reach for the Sky Ladder match, which is going to be a. I could have been a millionaire. (laughs) Should have trademarked it. Yeah, a lot of fun Uh, stuff coming up in the rest of the world, even outside of GCW. I know we kind of strayed away there, but uh, yeah, that's exciting time because those are some GCW uh, roster members at at the moment that are getting some pretty big spots to uh, showcase for the world. All right, back to GCW versus IWS. uh, We apologize there because a lot of fun stuff (laughs) to talk about, though. I, I said I could do that just on I could do a whole podcast just on that Vikingo match last night and what it I think all the cool stuff that happened to it. But uh we'll save that for another slow week, maybe. Yeah. Our sixth matchup of the evening is a title match, and it is for the IWS women's title. As Ali Catch goes against Melanie Havoc, and I've never heard of Melanie Havoc, didn't never seen her, so I had no idea what kind of match this was going to get. But after Ali Catch's uh, incredible performance in the ladder or the cage match against Charles Mason, I was kind of hoping we keep this uh, badass Ali Catch and kind of get rid of some of the party stuff. But happened a little bit during this match. It's, you're not going to get rid of it. I just kind of hope it doesn't happen a lot where it overshadows what Ali catch really can do in the ring when she's on top of her game. And this was a good match. This, uh, like I said, never heard of Melanie, Melanie havoc. And, uh, there was not really too many missed moves or looked all clunky in the ring. It was a pretty solid match by both competitors and, uh, su- not surprised. I don't want to say surprising, but in my eyes, it surprised me that this match, uh, was, was good, like really good because I never heard of Melanie havoc and Ali catch stepped up, had a great match. And, um, I enjoyed this match. It was a t- tough spot to follow too after the last match of uh, right. Gringo versus Speedball. So uh, they think they did a good job though of uh, telling their own little story and getting the crowd and the fans invested into this match. So this was the cool down match. I think that's the good way to put it, right? 
Yeah, yeah. but it didn't, wasn't like a short, non, like a safe match. It was pretty standard title match. So both women gave their all, and it was given close to 15 minutes. So, But I understand what you're saying, like the cool down after a yes, hot, yes. hot match like that. So Catch gets a little love, but Havoc is who everyone loves here. She's from the IWS Wrestling School. So I didn't know they have a wrestling school up there, but hell yeah, good for them. It's nice to see that there's a base up there for people to learn how to wrestle if they want to. Catch goes to kiss Havoc's hand, and she is confused. Catch is playing Effie's gimmick of I want you. It's supposed to be confusing to the person. It's kind of played out. Havoc, <laughs> Havoc is in control until the fourth minute. Allie is trying to draw heat. She's disrespecting the fans and Havoc. From about minute four and onward, it's been primarily a back and forth match. Havoc starts to take over eventually at around the seven minute mark. Around minute nine, Havoc had an awesome submission on Allie. Allie's arm bothered her for the rest of the match after that. Melanie then needs to, um, well, I'll just say right here. <clears throat> I put it in my notes. Melanie needs to wrestle stronger. She needs to wrestle like a champion. If I didn't know that she was a champion, I wouldn't know. Like, if it wasn't announced that she was a champion, I wouldn't have seen by the wrestling. Her wrestling was light. Her punches were light. And she primarily bounced a lot off of Allie. Now, Allie is obviously larger and able to knock her over easily. But if you have a partner that's larger like that, that you have to wrestle, you're going to have to really lay in your punches. Pretty common sense. So anyway, Allie had a nice superplex into a DVD for two. Allie was basically being disrespectful again to the crowd. She says, is this your champ? Melody has some very weak strikes to the chest at this point. And Allie is then, Allie then turns it into a Michinoku driver. We had uh, the Quebecois chants. That's for basically the Quebec people. Havoc slaps on a submission and Allie taps. That's the ending. Our winner in this match was Melanie Havoc. She maintains her women's title for IWS. Um, Havoc is green to me. But that's okay. I'm surprised she's champion, though. But I didn't see too many more women on the on the roster. So I don't know what the situation is there. But um, she she's just very green, and it shows. So I was kind of surprised that she was in, in this match here. Uh, better than the previous women's match, obviously. Also, a better story was told. It was 15 minutes long. It could have been a touch less. But, of course, this is me being picky. This match was not made for me. This match was made for everyone. But up until this point, there had been five straight IWS wins. The only match GCW has won up until this point was the opening match with the East-West Express. So this started with Lufisto, and it hasn't stopped since then. We have had nothing but Canada's out there kicking our asses. So, so far, so good for uh, the IWS fans, for sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of more erring on the other side where I could have had less of this. And for me, Melanie just needed to be a little more strike heavy. Uh, what I'm saying is heavy fisted and she needs to act like a champion. She shows that she's green. She's kind of newer. Like you ever seen when a female wrestler kind of bounces off the ropes and the ropes barely move. Yeah. That's where she, that's where she's at right now. Like, and, and then if you look at the punches that she puts on Allie's chest, some of them are so light that Allie barely. Yeah. I, I wrote yeah, in my notes here too. Like, uh, this was an incredible run on IWS. I surprising that they went on yeah. five victories in a row because uh, usually at the end of the night we usually see GCW kind of have the the wins the total rounds of matches at the end. But um, five, to five in a row, I thought that was a it was a cool little showcase to show what IWS has uh, 
in their pocket and with the talent. And like I said, so far, I haven't seen really one that I did not like and wouldn't mind seeing back in a GCW ring. They got a nice solid uh, core of wrestlers that they showcased in this uh, this show. And I think they so far have done their own, as you said, even with them being a little bit less uh, experience in the ring. I, I think they did hold their own. I think that's where GCW also stepped up to make them look really good. Uh, yes. At this point in their career, maybe then probably what should be, but that just shows how great the talent that GCW has where they could cover up some of the deficiencies that some of these less experienced wrestlers had. And I, I didn't mind this match. You said it did like, it started off hot, then it slowed down a little bit. Um, and I was, I, I wasn't shocked that, uh, Melanie won, but I thought maybe this was a cool little moment to possibly do a surprise. I know like Effie, I think is going back there sometime soon. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Um, and I thought maybe Ali catch as a, would be going back with him and could come back as a champion, maybe defend it here once or twice and then go back and put it on someone else, uh, for the IWS company. Um, but Melanie Havoc winning makes total sense as the champion's going to yep. retain in their promotion. But I was just shocked to five wins in a row. Cause I even went back as like, they were kind of playing the video into the next matchup. I went back and I was like counting in my head. I'm like, Holy shit. GCW hasn't won in a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We won that one match. Yeah. That's uh that's where I kind of wish they would have the scoreboard. Cause I was like, literally I had to like go in my head and count. And then I actually forgot the Los Macisos match. So I was like, wait, they said five. I only count four, but that I miscounted. <laughs> No, no, no. And that's fair, too. Um, I think we should have had a better count just between matches. Say, hey, now we're up three to one or hey, you know, and oh, they're stomping the shit out of us five to one. I hope at this point we can at least get a win somewhere, you know, create that tense moment. And have like the wrestler come out like that's next in line. Like, hey, we got to get the momentum back, guys. Like we're we're GCW. We're the reason everyone's here and we're losing. Like I would like in the next matchup is Tony Deppin versus uh, Benjamin Tull. I was like, this would be a perfect opportunity. I thought actually, I'll go, well, I'll go into this match. When Tony Deppin came out, I thought maybe we'd see a more serious like, hey, stop fucking around, guys. We got a we got a brand to represent here. Just stop goofing around and being the serious Tony Deppin. Like just come out and take control and be a leader for the uh, GCW roster. Um, that's what just what I was thinking that should be happening after taking five losses in a row. Right, right. So the next matchup is for the IWS World Heavyweight title as the champion Benjamin Toll represents IWS going against Tony Depp. And as I said, and just originally... I thought this was going to be the main event because uh, Benjamin Toll was another name I'd have seen before. Um, I think it was for this company. I think I caught a match. Um, I think it was he wrestled against the Green. Oh, my God. Green Phantom. Um, I believe in this company. That's where I saw him wrestle before. And I was like, I like his look. I like his uh, his size. And I didn't know he was a heavyweight champion at the time. But with this being the kind of their big wrestler, I'm going to assume is their marquee wrestler. I thought that uh, this match was going to be put in the main event and kind of given some time to showcase their world champion while also Tony Deppin um, showing off all the cool stuff that he does in the ring as well. But based off of what happens in the main event, I definitely see why this wasn't. So Tall was pumping up the crowd. Tony was not very impressed at all. This is Tony's thing. So Tony really needs to set in his patented heel work tonight. That's what I was really looking forward to. Tall offers his hand. Tony slaps him away. I feel good about this Tony thing. I hope in the heel thing really works in tonight because this is the type of crowd that we really do need Tony to piss them off. And it'd be easy so, for him to do so. Oh, absolutely. So 
Tall is very strong and the crowd loves him a lot. They watch and react to every one of his moves. I noticed this ahead of time really early. So I'm like, okay, if they're paying attention, I need to pay attention. Deppin takes over around minute three for a while. Tony called the ref dipshit. We had fuck you ref cheers from the crowd, which I thought was kind of funny. Tony pulls a uh, tall hit like his cheeks and he goes smile. And then he gets his hand bit. Um, fuck you dipshit from the crowd. The fans were really alive in this match. Minute five tall takes over the match. Tall hit with a snot rocket, which I thought may have been illegal. I guess it's not. Tall has a nice lariat. I like his strongman style. His moves have impact. I'm a really big fan of that. There was a spot where Tony was playing that he can't lift tall. He hits a slingshot stunner into double knees and gets two. Also, Tall caught Tony as he dove off the top rope and turned it into a tilt-a-whirl spin. Deppin's offense towards around the 8, 9, 10-minute mark was more sporadic. Tall was comfortably in control. Around minute 10, and, Stody, and Tony starts shopping under the ring. He finds a door. He props it in the corner of the ring. And then we go on to minute 12. Tony's taunting the crowd, and they aren't very happy with him at all, which I thought was just fantastic. So basically at the end here, Tall rallies at around minute 10. He hits dinner is served, which is a move that he has. He then sends Tony through the table and wraps him up for three. Our winner is Benjamin Toll. He retains his title. It was a really well done match, and I could see why people were paying attention. My my only real thing that I wanted to say here was that Mike he 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 reminds me of Mike Awesome. I if you watch it. He Benjamin Toll reminds me of Mike Awesome, and anyone who knows what I'm talking about will understand. I, yeah, I kind of see it now. Thinking replaying some of that match and some of his moves, he does have the big size, but also the explosiveness to do some aerial moves or um, with the strength to do some crazy looking bombs or suplexes, or as uh, you said, the dinner serve move. Uh, that was, that was a funny, I didn't catch the name of it. That's pretty. That's a funny name with it for his finisher. Um, right? Yeah, I enjoyed this match. Tony Depp once again did his job to make Benjamin look really good and playing the heel to get Benjamin way more over with the crowd, even though he didn't need too much since uh, obviously it's his home territory. But Tony Depp and just showing how good of he is at doing whatever is needed for him. He helped, I think, elevate Benjamin Tull, and I thought this was a nice marquee uh, win for him over a competitor like G- uh, Tony Deppin for the GCW roster. Okay, so you know what? I won't talk about it till we get into this next match. You want to go on to this next match, or I didn't know if you had anything else to say on this one. Just No, yeah, no, we're good. good. We could uh, head into the main event because that's where some surprises happen in the, I'm just totally pumped about picks this up. Yeah, I'm about to say the, the intensity and the fun definitely picks up for the main event and made it feel really like a GCW show. Uh, we will go. I'll just announce the first. Yeah. Yeah. What the original. I'm that excited. Fuck it. <laughs> I'll, I'll announce the original uh, setup for this match. So it was a fans bring the weapons match. And it was supposed to be the tag team of Rena and Mance Warner going against uh Green Phantom and Sexy Eddie, but to be for the match starts, business picks up. Yes. Did you want to so, go through your no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go through this. So before the match, uh, there are masks handed out to the first three rows, and they're advising children in the first three rows to move back. So basically for safety reasons. Okay. 
at first I'm like, oh, that's kind of, uh, I don't know if they'd ever get GCW fans to ever do something like this. So, but for safety reasons, I get it. But I also understand for legal reasons. So I'm guessing someone may have fucked up before and that's why this rule was created. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent on that one, but I will say after watching one of these matches and the fact that the violence was cranked up so fucking high, I'd almost rather have a fucking face shield and go down there because man, like light tubes were being swung right in front of people like nothing. And it kind of looked cool when the wrestlers were fighting in the ring because all the people looked like they were riot police because they had the shields on there and the weapons too, like just really ready to hand them to the, to the wrestlers. Yeah. So it had this fight kind of atmosphere. It really, it like, it looked kind of cool. And I really did like that. So the other thing I noticed was when they were saying, Hey, the kids should get back. There was a point where Emil said, or maybe they should just go home. I know what he's saying there. He's saying like, come on, really? But after watching it, I'm like, you know what? I just rather have that shield on and be down there. Cause man, they were swinging that shit right in front of people, right, right in front of people. Yeah, and that generally wouldn't go down the same edgy story. Or if it did, it would only happen a couple times a match, and that's it. Like there was shit just going on everywhere around those people, and I loved it. Like I think I would trade off a face shield to be down there because I bet you those people felt like they were in it. They were fucking in it. When we had the Las Vegas show, last Memorial Day weekend, the people that were sitting in between me and you, uh, there were like three people from Arizona, and. Right before that match started, I was already talking to them throughout the whole night about all the GCW stuff because they're big fans of it too. And uh, we had fun conversations about everything kind of going on and all that. But then they realized, I told them, like, we brought a friend and that was his first time ever seeing, like, Deathmatch Wrestling in person. And GC- that was the first GCW show and we're sitting front row. And the main event is, yeah, Rena and Cole going against the Mega Bastards. And right away, the light tubes come out. And like I said, they hit that one light tube that was swung like a baseball, which... Uh, baseball bat, mm-hmm. which usually doesn't happen. They usually go straight up and down. And when that first uh, light to whiz by my face, I was like, holy shit. But right before that match, the people next to us offered me a face mask and my friend. They're like, hey, do you guys want these? Like, we have a couple extra. I'm like, no, I know what these are. We're, we're good. Right. But right. then, like, as I said, that first light to flew by my face. <laughs> I'm like, thinking to myself, like, shit, maybe I should have took that uh, eyeglass because I still, with the actions right near me, I still turned my head as a... The light tubes are gone because I don't need that. Sh- I don't. I jump to like Final Destination is the worst fucking movie series ever because all the random crazy <laughs> shit that could happen. I've seen it, and then now I always think of, hey, there's a zero point nine or zero point zero 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 one chance this might happen. In my mind, like, yeah, of course that's going to happen to me. So whenever I see all the fuckery and all the craziness happen around me, I'm the one that I love it having having it happen in front of me. But I'm like turning my head, and so I really miss all the action and the facial reactions and the impact and stuff so i do miss out a lot so uh ever since then i've been thinking like maybe i should uh, start bringing like one of those face shields so that way i could still see everything and no i'm not gonna get my pretty face all cut up uh, hey you laughed well, a little too yeah. hard there yeah you know, well yeah you don't want to <laughs> fuck up your your modeling career <laughs> the money maker. Um, right you don't, don't fuck up the money maker uh <laughs> so yeah, I thought about that. I'm like, man, maybe I, I would take a trade-off to go down there because if IWS has death matches like that, that's I could see why they, you know, GCW chose to come up there and really, you know, put their stamp on it. It was badass. 
All right, so real fast too, I have to ask you this question because I was actually uh, I'm gonna give this question credit to the GCW, uh, the GC Dub podcast, the one we've kind of talked about, the the, sure, the other sure. fan one. Uh, Love them. They were they were kind of previewing some of the shows, and they brought up this uh, fans bring the weapons match, and the question was brought up: What weapon would you bring? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Honestly, I think the first weapon that came to mind realistically was a wiffle ball bat that I would cover in um, uh, thumbtacks. Nice and easy. So the answer that uh, the gentleman on that podcast said, I just bring back my plates from home so that way they could smash them over their head. I'm like, that's not a bad idea, but man, those plates are pretty hard to break. Like, if it lets you drop it from like two inches and then it just happens to shatter, but you could drop it from like five feet and it doesn't shatter. So you just never know mm. what's gonna what it's going to take to break those plates. And uh, I thought that was a pretty funny answer, just regular yeah. home plates from home. And then I started thinking about like what I could bring from home and like, my wife's got a lot forks. of a lot of crafting forks. shit. Yeah, forks would be an oh, easy yeah. one to bring. But I was like, my wife's got a lot of stuff that she has for crafting all these cool little knickknacks to get in there to cut out some or carve out some cool shapes. Shapes, and she has a lot of sharp objects. I'd probably bring bring all those sharp objects. <laughs> like, Here you go. Get to go to work, Alley Catch. Man, I I really yeah. The first thing that came to mind to me was a baseball bat with thumbtacks. It just seems like something fun to do. I was always a big fan that if someone hit someone with that upon impact, you would see the thumbtacks just explode. And I love that. It was like when someone hit someone with a keyboard and you'd see the keys just fucking fly. I love that shit. It just looks like an explosion happened. I popped when Cardona brought that out for when he was defending the digital media championship. I I popped when I saw the keyboards, uh, keyboards impact and the shot that uh, I forgot who he was defending it against, but they used the keyboard. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought the same thing. It makes it all yep. the keys exploding makes it look that much better. So let's kind of run down the weapons that I'd seen. And these are the ones I could identify. So here's some of the things that we're going to be using this match. I saw light tubes, light tube bundles, a pizza plate with, or it's really a pizza pan with the IWS written on it. Attack covered with uh, attack covered bat bottoms of hockey sticks. I don't know what that was about. It was totally Canadian. A rubber chicken, one of the rubber chickens that you squeeze and it goes, eh. One of those. Um, I think I saw a leaf blower. I'm not 100% sure. A plunger, a cheese grater, tubes tied to table legs, a crutch, tubes tied to a skateboard, a cookie sheet, a sign. There's like just glass everywhere in the match. And it all got handed out to the fans. I was really surprised by how much was there. And that's what I saw and could identify. I'm sure there was more because I saw things in this match being used that I definitely didn't see laid across that ring, but they were handing out stuff to everybody. I thought it was fantastic. And I love the visual of all the fans holding them up in the air. Like as the match starts, you see all the weapons. Yes. Like you see a couple phones, but like mostly you just see weapons shoot up in the air. So I thought that was cool. The fans were so into what was happening. They didn't want to like a couple fans obviously pulled out their cell phones to record what was about to happen. But you saw everyone else that was wearing the face mask and part of the action. They knew it's like, Hey, shit's going to get crazy. We see all these weapons around us. Like let's keep our phones in our pocket. But the visual of all the fans holding up the weapons around ringside, I thought was a very cool thing to see. Well, if I was a photographer, what I would do is kind of pan out some, and then I'd have all the fans in the first three rows hold up their weapons and then I'd take a picture and then I would use that for IWS promo shots and shit. Cause that is such a total. Well, as far as I've seen, that's the most total IWS thing I could think of that. I haven't seen other companies do. 
So it'd be killer to see riot shields and fuck. It would look like a fucking riot. Yeah. And at like the top, it would say to go I down. <laughs> exactly. You know, if this is what the fans look like, you ought to see our fighters. Yeah, on, I, I agree. That's I'm, why I like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So I really did like the part where, I mean, shit was just coming out of the back constantly. And Emil goes, damn, how many weapons do you have in Canada? Which made people laugh pretty hard. But um, yeah, they look like police riot control, and it was just kind of cool. Sexy Eddie chance before Sexy Eddie even had a chance to fully come out yet. Uh, yeah, no pun intended. Also, the uh, there was a spot here we're going to go over that I kind of noticed that wasn't in the recording. Did you notice Sexy Eddie? There was a whole thing on Twitter where he jumps out with no underwear on, and he was like naked in the ring or whatever. That wasn't this I match. Know- this was the Toronto one. Oh, that's Toronto? Yeah. Okay, because I was oh, going to yeah. say, I thought they cut it out completely. Oh, no. I watched the Toronto one as, like an hour <laughs> after it started, so I was kind of watching the live feed, even though I was an hour behind. And yeah, during Toronto, so you definitely got a full frontal vision there. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so there's a couple things I'll say about that. I'll get there eventually. So, bell rings. Dong. We're like, oh, my God. So, Nick Gage's music hits, and... I thought it was just fucking around, you know, and then you see like this cool fucking thing come up on the screen and MDK and his shit. And then, yeah, he was actually here. Nick Gage is in fucking Canada. They smuggled that motherfucker I, into Canada. I was I, shocked and I popped like the once I heard the bell ring, I'm like, no way. I was not the same way that like, he's not here. They're just that's the this is the way IWS fucking with us and getting like the GCW crowd ho- hyped and hopeful to see their king. He ain't coming. There's no way he's coming. Then we came out right. I was like, holy shit. How did this work out? Because I know that you said they <laughs> you had the perfect word. They smuggled them in there because I was like, how did they get away <laughs> with this? Like that's because of, yeah. of his path. I thought that would be a reason why we don't see him in J- Japan shows or the Mexico shows or any show that's outside the United States. I thought that would that was the main yeah. reason why. for And for him to show up on this show was incredible to see. Yeah, he was an FE suitcase. So, I mean, it was really easy to get through real quick. They, they didn't check any of the suitcases. So, But uh, yeah, Gage was here to rep Team GCW. I felt like we had a real fighting chance. And I also felt like the um, the entertainment level just went way the fuck up because the crowd really came alive when that music hit. It was like they didn't give a shit. They were still fans. And that's, you know, that's what was necessary for this match was just fans. Also, then, of course, we had three on two. So something had to happen after that. So then a little music hit after that. And we have crazy manny now i believe some people i think veda said that she thought he was retired and she was even there for the match so this is maybe an unretirement match i don't know but from what, what i think? from you what know? i saw that it was he did have a retirement match before but i think i remember he made a post because uh he gets pretty beat up here during this match but i think he made a post is like i had one opportunity to wrestle the king nick gage and wrestle some of these uh wrestle underneath the gcw brand that i never had that opportunity for and i wasn't going to let that slip away so yeah of course i'm going to come out for one last match and i gave it my all and this is why i do it for i, I remember he said like this is why i do it for you fans because he got pretty fucked up at the end and i'm pretty sure we'll talk yeah. about it but yeah i think that's one of those moments too where it doesn't matter like the situation like if you're if you're still in good enough shape to go and you have like a once in a lifetime opportunity that's something you've probably Do been doing for. Yeah, you just take back your words for one night and then go back to retirement. But go out there and as he did, go balls to the wall during this match. And uh, he looked in 
pretty good shape and he had a pretty good move set and still was moving around good where I was like, I think he still can go. Kind of how we felt with Nick Gage when uh um he was kind of making his comeback. Like he could still go, just maybe not as as a hundred percent as we're normally seeing him. So that's what I felt watching Crazy Manny was it's not the hundred percent of him, but he's still in good enough shape and still mobile enough and yeah. still willing to do batshit crazy stuff. And he did it and I I kind of wanted to see another match, but then once I uh, saw that he did retire, and I saw a little piece of the retirement match. Like, yeah, he kind of is, uh, kind of is shot, but you couldn't tell this night because he probably had time to heal up and recover. So this was probably the best his body has felt in a long time, being retired. So my notes, basic after Manny came out, I basically put, "We have some crazy shit going down." I got chills. I think we're in for a real fight with violence that we've been waiting for all night. I think that's the best way to put it, because that's what I felt like was really going on. A huge stare down, ha- stare down happens. This is really, really happening. That's what was going on in my mind. Like, okay, this shit is really going down because I, I doubt you've seen Crazy Manny before then, huh? Never. Never have seen oh, him before. God. It's just, I, I wouldn't say like Crazy Monkey, but... That's why I said, like, I haven't seen much. I haven't seen any of them, but the way he looked and if he is retired, like he looked really good enough to have a good match in this one. And then I wanted to, I had a little feeling like I wanted to go back and see a little bit because I think I saw clips of him and Green Phantom, if I'm not mistaken, kind of have a crazy couple spots in some of their matches. So I (laughs) I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. So I was like, all right, this is a death match. I'm going to go ahead and do my typical minute by minute. I'm going to go through each little. <laughs> I went through two lines of typing and I'd already missed four things. And so what I wrote down was this. Go watch the match. I can't keep up. It's amazing. I'll uh, I'll touch I'll touch a little bit on the highlights. Like I, I straight fucking gave up in the first 45 seconds because I knew it was not going to fucking happen. I wrote that this is exactly what we wanted to see, though. Gage was pulling weapons from the crowd early. I've learned that Sexy Eddie's junk is super strong, both the dick and the balls. Phantom was taking serious damage throughout this match. I wish I would have seen more of him. Manny's back is very bloody early. Mance broke something over Manny's back, and that's what made it happen. So Gage is eating glass. Gage is busted hard. Splash Mountain bomb hit by Rena. Manny leaves pools of blood on, well, basically wherever he was laying at the five minute mark. There was a pizza pan that was brought into the ring that says Mance eats corn the long way. Gage and Manny have basically have been a beautiful pairing. Like they were fighting amongst each other for a good chunk of this match. I wrote the shit as chaos. Sexy Eddie got tubes put in his trunk and then there was a chair thrown at him. It didn't break. So she basically, so Rena basically took a skateboard and put it on his dick and fucking kicked it. And yeah, that was pretty good. But um, I basically think fans were just watching because there was so much violence that it was going to be hard for them to basically like yell and scream and pay attention because shit was everywhere. Gage got hit with a DVD by Manny. Manny blows a kiss to the camera with like this huge bloody forehead. Then he turns around and gets skewers stuck in his head. Gage and Manny are fighting through the crowd. It was like Memphis style. Any any old guys out there, it was Memphis style. They were in concessions area. Gage and Manny take it to the top up in the balcony. Basically, Gage pushes Manny off of the balcony and onto a set of tables. It was an awesome spot. The whole place was stunned. It was way more out of Manny than I expected. 
as the match is going on, you don't have to see it. You can fucking hear glass being broken all over the arena. Like I have headphones on and you'll just have them turn around to show something and you can hear just just in the background. Like someone is fucking just shattering glass everywhere. You, you couldn't possibly have seen it all. They had split screen. It, they couldn't get it all. It was just one of those things. Minute 14, Gage brings out the pizza cutter. He grabs Manny because Manny's the fucking winner of the night, and he starts cutting Manny all over the fucking mat. The crowd is chanting, and once again, I wrote it in my notes, I love the crowd mix. Please, 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 if anybody can tell GCW and get a hold of GPW, pay attention. More of the crowd mix in the freaking audio. It has really been, like, it made a big difference to the excitement level of the match. Also, you get to hear the fans actually have the amount of excitement they're giving out. Manny goes through a three light tube bridge with chairs. Team GCW was blasting him with multiple tubes. His ear got sliced. He's bleeding good. And I believe they called the match early because of it. And Gage wraps him up for three. And that was the end. So, and so our winner ends up being Warner, Gage, and Rena. And I'll let you talk a little bit before we go further into this thing. you got a lot to say, I'm sure. Yeah, for that was like, I know you said they wrapped it up, but then it's like that was a twenty-one minute crazy death match where yeah, as you said, yeah. didn't matter what was like where the camera was, there was shit being broken everywhere. This I had no expectations of it getting this crazy because of what has happened throughout the night. I I knew it'd get a little crazy. I didn't expect all the light tubes. Well beyond. Oh yeah. I was shocked by how crazy it didn't like I had a smile on my face the entire time. Um the one big thing that I kind of took away and I really enjoyed, it's a small little detail, but almost the entire match, it was Gage and Manny going at each other. It's like when you got I love that. Yeah, it's like when you got two uh like generals of the war or they're the ones that are going to go after each other and not worry about any ancillary stuff that's going on around him with all the rest of the soldiers. The kings are going right at each other to make the statement, make the point, and especially with these two being the leaders and representatives of their company, I thought it was a cool little thing of, hey, we're going to let the, our our other tag team members do what they need to do, but me and you, we're going to go out of here, and this is probably the only time we're going to be able to cross paths. Let's go out of here and make it worthwhile and I enjoyed uh, that just little detail of the leaders staying with each other and fighting the entire night just by themselves. And I thought that just added a little bit more of the whole territory versus territory uh, war going on during this matchup in my eyes. So, again, go watch the match. Any GCW fan, this is a GCW match cranked up hard like this is exactly what i wish gcw would do with most of their matches this level of violence was out of control i really liked it a lot we've done this at gcw i'm not even saying the masks i'm just saying what the fuck was going on it felt like 10 people were fighting at one time not six like it was just so much but um yeah, I, I've kind of like not I've I haven't played up enough what should be going. Manny really was bleeding bad. On the shot with Mance, I think was the one that got his ear. Um it, it, that ear that got cut was away from the camera. It was on the other side of his head from the camera, so I couldn't really see, but it looked like Mance was the one that caught him. Obviously not on purpose. It's just that's how the light tube broke. But um 
he went down and rolled immediately and grabbed at his ear like he knew and you could see that the thing it, like it was bleeding immediately he had pools of blood that were going onto the floor pretty quick um I couldn't tell you. There's not many that go worse. That match would not have either he or the match would not have went on if this was a normal match that was a non-main event in a regular. He was bleeding. And it's comeback retire comeback from retirement match, as you said, that retirement. If this was a singles, yeah, it was over. It was over if it was a singles, like completely. But so yeah, so Gage grabs a mic. Manny's bleeding hard, but he's not dead. Gage asks, "Where's his fucking gang at?" And MDK comes out from the crowd. Manny was fucked up. A crew came out to a crew, a crew came out to assess his ear. They bring out a towel to help stop the bleeding. It was really bad. He said he has mad respect for IWS and Montreal. Again, violence. I just put a note that just said violence. But this was really Manny's match. This was Manny's night. Mad respect to Manny for everything that he did that night. He went out there and took it like a fucking champ. And Again, like in your situation, you probably know a hell of a lot more about what kind of a person he is after just one match. Yeah, that was he. This, as you said, he was a star of this match, which I think is perfect. It's his company, IW. I think it's is either the company or is like he like the owner, or is he just like kind of like the Nick Gage, like the the figurehead of the company? That's the one thing I I, I, I believe he's I believe remember. he's more like a figurehead. Okay, but still, he's somebody you, that you know, like Tremont, when he comes out, he's the guy, yeah. kind of thing. Okay, yeah. so that that makes some sense too. But That's my understanding. Okay, I can be wrong. So. I, I'm glad he uh, did get that moment, this moment though, in this spotlight because obviously he was willing to put his body through whatever he needed to yeah. to tell a great story and to kind of give the fans one last uh, glimpse of what his kind of career was as, but that's how I felt watching this. This was his like, guys, you know what? I'm going to get crazy one last time. This is, this is the one night only thing. And I'm going to show you the old uh, crazy Manny. I'm assuming that's how he used to wrestle. Like I said, I never saw any of his other matches. Um, and I'm going to hell for saying this out loud because I said this in my head and I was like laughing at myself, but also mm-hmm. also disappointed for me even thinking about this. But when the when they came out to like as you said assess his ear and like <laughs> he's holding the the towel up to his ear and like you can tell they're talking to him and he just like looks at him like huh what like I was like guys he, well, yeah. he just lost his ear why are you talking to that ear go talk to his other <laughs> ear like I'm like it's just the fun the visual of him holding the towel and them like talking to him and like looking yes, at him yeah. I'm like huh what like what do you mean what'd you say like i'm missing an ear what are you talking about wow he was willing to stay out there too and then they went ahead and told him okay come yeah. back in yeah he was like no i'm gonna soak this in but they're like okay yeah you had yeah. enough here let's go to double check make sure everything is all right because we don't really know yeah but i thought that was yeah, the we might need way to soak to up it. a little bit of blood let's with that moment in. he was soaking up yeah <laughs> i yeah, i don't know i think crazy. he just sliced the ear does that sound right? Probably just sliced his ear. Yeah, I haven't heard anything else after that. Like, I didn't see any pictures. Yeah. I know right afterwards, I or like the next day, he made a post about like thanking the fans, thanking GCW and everybody for letting him have that one last moment because that's something he really wanted to. Uh, but I didn't see anything else like on the injury or something. Okay. Like that. I think he yeah. said like, "Oh, I could, I could still hear or something like that." I'm still. I just said he said he said like he's not dead. And I think he did make a mo- like make a post saying like, "Yeah, hey, I'm still alive. I'm still kicking." Yes, yes, so that's good. where. That's yeah. why. Okay, that's why you did that. I thought that's what you did. I thought that was a pretty cool little way you made that into the note. So, um, basically, huge stuff. Lots of blood. There was only two things missing from this match, B. The only two things, and I think GCW fans would absolutely agree. The two things that were missing from this match were Murdoch and Cologne. 
I'll just I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm going to put it out there for my fucking boys. Those are the two people that I would have loved to have seen. This is their type of match, you know, and bless them both. I, I do miss I do miss Cologne a lot. So I just wanted to say this is a nice time for me to put that name up in there. This would have been a fantastic spot for Murdoch and Cologne. Yeah, because if we go back to like the TNT shows, they were in all those death matches that they had in TNT with the their top death match workers. Um, what was it? Uh, Big fucking Joe and stuff like that. So yeah, this is mm-hmm. definitely one of those spots where you feel like Alex Cologne was missed out on. But um, I'm glad Matt Warner stepped up and kind of got a lot of very crazy during this match because I know he does get crazy, but not as often as we kind of normally see with like the light tubes and shit like that. He'll, he's all for the doors, the tables, the the chairs and stuff. But I think once the light tubes come out, we don't really see too much Matt Warner interacting with that. But when it, time calls for it, he steps up. That was just the one odd kind of fixture I thought during this match, but kind of going off of everybody that was in this match, the one maybe person I would have switched, but maybe Jimmy Lloyd instead of Manser, but I think it's that Manser's, that's his, he's the bigger name. That's a bigger spot and better spot for him. I right. think if we would have put out Manser for that two minute match, it wouldn't have been the same <laughs> and, or even oh, worth it. No. I think it was kind of worth it for Jimmy. Like maybe they didn't have nothing for the car, but the, maybe I just said like the match, something happened where he was supposed to get longer, but they threw him in there. I think it was perfect for Jimmy Lloyd to just get that short match instead of Manser. I think they should have just trashed that fucking match. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah, the, the second match on the pre-show. We're yeah, talking yeah. about that one, right? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, I'm just, man, I've never went so damn heel in my life as I have tonight. And I feel like <laughs> I've been really rough on the women's matches and I kind of was a little bit, but those matches were the ones that were, you know, they had the most. Yeah. yeah. And Rena, once again, like she, she balled out here and she just showed how crazy and, uh, Love shit Rina. that she still doesn't really care about like or like not care about but like she doesn't care about what kind of danger she puts her body through uh but yeah all that blood coming from, coming from i'm laughing again because i'm watching that same spot the referee's talking to him and he's like he's on this here like what <laughs> like i'm going to hell with that but crazy props <laughs> to crazy manny for uh doing everything he did in that match he was the star of it he did all the crazy bumps he took all the punishment and as a leader of the company or a former fixture of the company to come out of retirement and put your body through all that stuff. He could have just kind of went the Sandman route of come back at the pop and do one or two moves and call it a night. He went, he took obviously the most damage out of anyone. And I was very glad to see this match get as crazy it did. And even at the end, I'm watching at the end, I see one, two, three, four, five. You still got five bundles of tubes. People are holding oh, up. It's like, yeah. Hey, wait, we're not done yet. You hey, got wait, my wait, <laughs> Do you know that's why I kind of said I thought the match was called early was because there yeah, were yeah. weapons in the crowd? I don't. So. I don't think you could get through all the weapons. I mean, as many weapons yes, as we... Uh, yeah, yes, of course. you can. But that's a you 21 can. A, minute well, match, man. Like, we talk about that four... You know the, what that means to me? You know what 21 minutes is to me? Nine minutes short. Oh, man. All, all those weapons. <laughs> I mean, like, we got this match in a compacted <laughs> version in TNT with four wrestlers. Like, that's why I was going to right, lead up right. to it. I, I don't remember seeing a death match with this many wrestlers other than, like, the Art of War match. Like, when they got all those right. tag teams or all those teams, you got... 10 people in those in those matches and i when we normally watch death match you might get a tag team death match here or there so it's four people but this was six and as you said mm-hmm. I, it definitely needed one of those sgc split screens to kind of keep track of all the moments and all the action happening but crazy props to manny because i i don't think of whatever age he is or retirement to come out and put your body through that one last time as much as he did uh 
that he took a lot of punishment and uh, glad to see though he is okay after all that because it did get a little scary there i did think maybe he kind of pulled a mick foley with the ear as much of blood as the, he was losing yeah 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 um we've watched a lot of these fucking death matches and i could tell you uh, you you saw it too the minute you saw the blood loss you went okay that was something Something went wrong. That was something. Yeah. Something went wrong there. That was not planned. <laughs> I'm so good at seeing the spot. You're not little boy. You're going to hell. <laughs> you're not going anywhere. You're doing good. Talking doing to me. Doing good. Like, oh what? You say so many positive things all the time. Right. You're allowed to laugh at one funny thing. That's right. And I'm, it's not I'm like only laughing because he's trying good. to talk to a guy with no ear with a you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm sure that in retrospect, Manny is very proud of himself. And I was really happy to see that Jesus, that uh, Nick Gage kind of, you know, spent a little time going, this motherfucker, he's something else. And as he was doing that, like you see Manny kind of still stumbling around the ring. I thought maybe he lost so much blood he was about to faint or pass out. That's what, <laughs> that, at that point, I was like, oh he's shit, just stop out of it, stumbling. Yeah, he, he really was. He's just holding his ear and like, that's where he starts like, well, he had to like brace up against the ring. And I think that's when all those other people, yeah, it is. They're coming out right now. And he stumbled. Taking he them stumbled back. out. When they got him to the back, you can even see he was stumbling, going to the back a little too. So yeah, and all the adrenaline probably wore off <laughs> from all that pain. Like yeah, everything hit him all at once. But I thought this was a fantastic and pleasantly surprising way to end the show. Like I didn't expect him to get that crazy, and I'm so glad they did because I think that didn't save the mat the show for me. I think that just excelled it up a whole nother. If I had to give it a grade, it got bumped up an entire grade because of all the craziness. And I am so glad that. Uh, happened because I didn't expect it <laughs> and so, didn't expect Nick Gage on top of the big surprise nope. and then on top of all the violence that he brought along with it I think it was a fantastic way to end the show so I'll die on this hill when it comes to matches for death matches this year I'll easily put this in my top three until something changes I would say for GCW fans that are hardcore like myself that love fucking blood violence and death matches that this is one you do have to 100% see. You would you cannot call yourself a deathmatch fan without going and seeing this match in GCW. Just I hate saying things like that, but really I just can't say it enough. If you haven't seen it, please go see it. It is exactly the type of material you watch GCW for. Yeah, absolutely. That that kind of as you said brought it all together and I think that's what maybe IWS is really all about because they excelled. And like, I, I hate that I didn't mention Phantom or Sexy Eddie a lot during this match because this was really, as we said, Manny and Nick Gage's kind of match. Um, but I really think Green Phantom took a lot of crazy bumps. Sexy Eddie, I, yeah. I don't know. Once he put the light tubes in his pants, I was like, oh, shit, dude, what are you doing? But uh, seeing what he did in Toronto, I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't, like I said, I'm not a, I'm not a huge I don't know a lot about the old ZZW and stuff, but I guess he, that's a normal kind of thing that he's done for a lot of years. So, but for me, not really knowing about it, seeing it was kind of shocking. I was like, what is he doing? Like, uh, it kind of felt like a that's, more death match. What he does. <laughs> yeah. And well, I, yeah, I don't know spot. what the, I go, well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I can really say. I'm not trying to sit here and be like, yeah, man ass. It's more like for me, <laughs> I'm just like, well, that's what he does. Yeah. You know, and just go with it. So, you know, um, no one else does it, I guess. So if anyone's going to go out on national TV and show their ass, it might as well be a good old sexy Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Manny's performance just basically eclipsed everything. And that's just because, I mean, it even ended with that injury. That injury, it just so eclipsed any other problem that night. But he was the bloodiest. He took the deep, his, the, you know, the highest dive. 
you know, he took the greatest injury. He came out of retirement to do this. And like, that's awesome. And I hope he's really happy with his last match because I'd be pretty proud of that. Yeah. For him, come like I said, for him to come out and still do all that shit, I... I would be like, okay, yeah, that's it for me because I I can't top. I don't think I'm going to be able to top in the future. Yeah, what yeah, I what's better? Did. Exactly. Dude, you go out on a beautiful, bloody injury. Like, it doesn't get any better than that, and it wasn't life-threatening. Yeah, and he can still walk out on his own terms. Like, it wasn't like it's forced. So I think I know that's always a big deal with a lot of just athletes in general. They want to be able to call it quits on their own time, not have it be forced through injury or some other yeah. way. So yeah. he can still at least hang his hat on going out again on his own terms this time. But fuck it, guys. We won. GCW won. (laughs) But we won this match. We won the first and we won the last. And that's what matters is how the thing starts and how the thing ends. Yes. And I thought that was going to kind of go into my memorable moments is I really enjoyed how the IWS wrestlers stepped up. They held their own. They had uh, great matches. Nothing was really bad. They all looked like they've been wrestling at least for a long time. Enough time to tell a good story and not look like a super indie wrestling. Cause that's a, I was really scared because not knowing when I, I'm always scared, like just in general, not seeing wrestlers I know about. I don't know if they're good or not. And it just takes a couple minutes and I see him in the ring. It's like, okay, they got the momentum, they got the fluid, they got the smoothness. Like watching Nick Wayne, you see him for three minutes, you're like, how is he 17 years old and he looks this solid and smooth in the ring like he's been doing it mm-hmm. all his life? And once I see a, a unknown wrestler in my eyes and I see them for three minutes and they look like that, I'm all for it because they the IWS definitely stepped up and put, helped GCW put on an incredible show. Dude, I remember my first time seeing Ninja Mac. You know, the first time Teriyaki, you know, the first well, time fucking Commander. Too. Teriyaki got oh, sweet. a match of the hey, If you get a chance, you need to make sure you seek him out and tell him how much we fucking love him and how much we've tried to push to make sure that he, you know, gets some work out there because it's an awesome dude. And if you have a chance to see him face to face, I'm sure he'd be really thankful to. Yeah. Seems like a really nice guy. And if there's anybody to talk to, he's one of our top five that we're like, teriyaki. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's what it is, is we're just fat guys and we like saying food names (laughs) out loud. Dude, if there was a kid named Doritos, we'd be like, Doritos, Doritos. Oh, you don't know the the fan, Nick Dorito? Oh, that's that's true. That's true. (laughs) Not spelled the same way, but you can still say it and still have your mouth water thinking of nacho cheese. That's true. Or you're a cool ranch guy. (laughs) You know what? It just depends on the day, man. Yeah, I'm the same way. The only on the one food. I don't do, I don't do the spicy one. There's a spicy one or whatever. I My like wife has those every now. Well, you know why I don't do it? Well, actually, I should do them more often because I only eat like eight to ten chips and I put them down because they're too spicy. Like, that's a great weight loss program. <laughs> I eat a fuck ton of fucking Doritos. And, you know, when it's hot, though, I don't eat as much. So, yeah. So, um. Yeah, that IWS GCW deathmatch was very, very good. I was 100% satisfied with it. When it comes to matches, I really like the Tabernacle versus Macisos match. I like Bailey versus Loco. I would really like to see Benjamin Toll come over to GCW a little bit. Dubois, uh, the Tabernacle were awesome. Um, TDT, yeah, it was just great. Um, there were quite a few people there I'd like to see more of at some point. And if those death matches are the way they are, I'd really like to see GCW go back up there again. That was going to be my next statement. I think yeah, after dude. this performance and how the crowd was, how the IWS roster was, and they were allowed to go crazy in that venue, I that's just one spot I would like to see kind of may, not be a yearly thing, but 
go up there once a year and still have a cool IWS versus GCW stuff because uh, they de- that is one company that definitely stepped up and did an incredible job representing. I think everybody that's part of that company did a fantastic job representing themselves very well. And like I said, I now uh, I forgot I didn't write it down. Did you say where IWS TV or where IWS can be found? I forgot if you said it earlier. Oh, I, think you did. Uh, I did, but R- R- RDN or something like that, like the, the Canadian channels. Let's see, uh, FightNet. FightNet, okay. FightNet is what it's called. And then there was one called RDS, but it looks like it's strictly French. Okay. So, so I, I, I didn't feel like it was worth mentioning to yeah. the French side. But yeah, FightNet for UK, USA, Europe, and Canada. That's where to watch them. Definitely will check out some uh, either old IWS stuff or some new ones because I, I am a fan of that company. I, we recommend. performance. Yes, I like I said, I'm, I'm, if they go back up there, I'm all for it. I won't be disappointed. I know that. Uh, my Some of my memorable moments, yeah, the big one was the IWS uh, company stepping up and having a great show. Um, Nick Gage, as you say, gets smuggled in. I like that wording better. Getting smuggled in and getting surprised, <laughs> surprising us at the end, I thought was – that was a big shock for me. Like my wife, she actually didn't spoil that one for me. She's like, you haven't seen any spoilers on the show, right? I'm like, no, why? She's like – Okay, just tell me when you get to the main event. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm about Oliver. there. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost to the main event. But I actually, no, I wasn't really thinking drawn off because the match already happened. But oh, yeah. I was like, what? What could have possibly happened? And then I'm thinking like, okay, so who's some Canadian wrestlers? I'm like, oh, did Chelsea Green come back and like maybe cost Alley catch and leading up to a match? Like, I she actually did a good job of not spoiling it for me. And then when I saw it, I was like, is that what you were talking about? Nick Cage is there. She's like, yes. I'm like, okay, thank you for not spoiling it, but that's so awesome. And she, I showed her. Like right. a little clip of because she really likes like I always go back to the Ric Flair's last match when you see long live GCW on the screen oh, and God. getting to see the Nick Cage so MDK stuff awesome. yeah so she was a, she was like let me see how like what their pop was and stuff like that so I showed her the reaction of Nick Cage coming out and she thought it was pretty cool too um, Mike Bailey getting the homecoming victory over Gringo and a fantastic match this is another matchup I would like to see ran back and. Um, the team of TDT is one tag team I wouldn't mind seeing wrestle with GCW, as well as the team of, um, oh, shit, the pre-show. I forgot their names. Um, the first team on the pre-show, the tag team, was uh, pretty good as well. Uh, the team of Black Dynamite and JD Producer. That's another team I would like oh, to yeah, see. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were damn good, too. Yes, I would like to see those two tag teams uh, kind of have a couple more tag matches with the GCW tag team roster as well. Okay, but, so hear me out. Hear me out. I've, I actually broke in front of you in no, memorable moments. No, I'm done. I was done. I was going to um, say overall great show. What about a company, a multi-company tournament? IWS sends their two or three best. GCW has their two or three best. I don't know what other companies they send their two or three best. And we have two or three man tournaments set up in brackets. I'm all for GCW here versus this one, this one, you know, H2O versus this one and AIW's over here versus IWA and Mid-South versus, you know, I like very interesting. I think it adds more to the matchup. So like if you just put let's like just any two wrestlers are going against each other and say, oh, it's for their rankings. It's for the win loss. And it matters like, okay, that makes sense, obviously. And obviously whoever gets money or whoever wins gets the bigger paydays, quote unquote. But when you put that in a tournament, it really it's out there. They either win mm-hmm. and advance to whatever prize they're going for, or they're losing the round. I think it just adds a lot more to these. Like I love tournaments for number one contenders, or if there's an open 
belts, like a, cha- a tournament to decide a new champion. I love tournaments because I think I love tournament drama. Yeah, like I could I could see some different form of a tournament every week and be happy for it because, as you said, it adds more drama to these matches than it normally would have. Uh, so I just I thought it was something kind of cool to mention, and I think there was recently a tournament of nations where the women won. Oh, really? For the United States, and then there was a separate tournament for men. And the Mexican team beat the men, uh, the U.S. team. Yes, yeah. I had to check so, that out. I would be all yeah, for Yeah, I think like it was that. the Lucha Bros and, oh gosh, I can't remember who, Laredo Kid or somebody. It was a killer Mexican team and uh, took out our American team. And I can't even remember who the American team was. But, <laughs> yeah, we recently had something, and they were congratulating the women's. And the women's, were, uh, the women's team was Camille, uh, Jordan Grace, and... Oh God! I can't. Uh, oh, oh, uh, oh, geez, the Italian lady. Now I'm using my East Coast stuff. The uh, the Ita- uh, Parazzo. Oh, Diana Parazzo. Our, our yeah. three, yeah, our three team was was her, Camille. Yeah, so pretty cool stuff. Um, but I wish I would have watched it from the beginning because uh, it sounded like it was pretty damn good. But yeah, I I like tournaments so. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. No. Sidebar. Oh, like I uh, like I was just saying earlier. I'm. I was. This show was surprisingly a lot better than I was expecting, especially for not knowing half of the matches. Well, all the matches, who the opponents were, other than like two names. Um, I very thrilled or very happy with how this match, uh, how the show ended off, and kind of progressed to get to the ultra violence, and that kind of made the night, the match flow, kind of a little bit more exciting. Thinking back on it as well. All right, you want to send them out of here with episode 52, <laughs> IWS versus GCW on Fun- Funkin'. Oh my God, yeah, let's end this. On <laughs> Funkin' <Long> Sanctioned. <laughs> right, <live. long> <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go. Oh, we shit. got a good one here. I have a feeling. Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> episode 52 will be the, that'll be the one we get it right. That sounds like a good number to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, next Long. show we won't. <laughs> no, you motherfucker. Okay. I was about to say next See. show we will catch up on GCW, the New York show, and then uh, yeah, we will be all cut up. Yeah, right, and and uh, thank you for everybody for uh, hanging in there with us because it was rough for us not being able to record anything. We were down, now we're out, and you can see when we're healthy, we fucking pump out the shows. So yes, we got one more, and then we're fully caught up. Oh, sorry, two more. Ten. New York and Toronto. My bad. Two more. Oh no shit! Yeah, That's right. New York and Toronto. Oh, okay. We're, we're two more. Plan it out here. <laughs> we'll get it done before Wednesday. Cause like I said, Wednesday night I am off to the collective. Okay, so before Wednesday, yeah, that's easy enough. I'll get the reviews done. We're good, brother. Nice. All right, here we go. Let's send them out of here. All the BCW <laughs> plants still waiting for us to end this shit. Here we go. Long, Long live, live G- G- C- C- w. w. I had to fuck it up. We can't do perfect. God damn you. No, it'll never be perfect, and that's the way it should be. 